Welcome to Game Face, episode 353 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, your host for this podcast and the founder of Sifted, but I'm not here alone. I have an awesome friend alongside me to talk about the latest and greatest in video games, and that is Matt Kyle. What's up, Matt? Dice. 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 (laughs) Dice roll. Dice roll. Crossing the fingers on the dice roll. (laughs) Um, We're just like you guys. We've been playing the living tar out of Baldur's Gate 3, and we are going to talk about that on today's show. In fact, it's the headlining game for today's show. Um, As you might expect, I'm sure you guys have some opinions as well. We're going to integrate you guys a little bit more into this discussion because I'm sure a lot of you guys have been playing it and you have a lot of important things that you can add to our discussion. So it's going to be a symbiotic uh, discussion for Baldur's Gate 3 here on Game Face. But otherwise, aside from all the dice rolls, how has your week been, Matt? It's pretty good. That's Evo. Yeah. We're going to talk about that, too. Um, I, mm-hmm. How much time did you spend watching Evo? Fair amount. Yeah. I mean, I had it on while I was playing Baldur's Gate mm-hmm. a good amount, because... Because you know, why not? Why not? I mean, if I'm, <laughs> I'm going to play the same se- same section four, four, four or five times, yeah. might as well have something else on. <laughs> it is interesting. Like, I, I try to trace back to when I started listening to podcasts while I was playing games. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed to me, at least personally, it's a recent phenomena. I started doing it during the lockdown. During COVID? Yeah. That makes sense. To hear a human voice while I was playing a video game. <laughs> so you didn't feel quite as alone. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's like a love-hate relationship I have with it because there are times... I make First of all, I make sure that I play the bulk of the games that I play for Game Face without podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I do play games with a podcast, I make sure that like I have formed an opinion around that game before I do the podcasting thing with it because I do feel like... It can distract you a little bit from the fine details. Yeah, I, I play the game until I kind of get the gist. Mm-hmm. And then if, and I don't always, but at a certain point, it's like, you know, two chapters into Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yeah, I get the it. The podcast is coming on. <laughs> yeah, come on. Yeah. Once a game settles into that groove where you understand what the loop is and that kind of thing, like, I think it's okay if you're evaluating mm-hmm. games um, to do it then. Uh, but if you are podcasting, yeah. listening to podcasts while playing games the whole time, I don't think you're giving a game a fair assessment. Yeah, you got to listen to it. You got to hear it. You got to see what, you know, the audio sets a tone. Mm-hmm. Nope, there's Luna. Like, it's just like, <laughs> but it's like, yeah, if you're playing like an open world game and you're in the middle of it, if you're in the thick of it where you're doing all the repetitive, t- yeah, yeah, put on a, yeah. put on something. Yeah, like, no harm, no foul there. Put on music, whatever, you know, something else is fine. Yeah. Um... So anyway, we have a pretty big show for you guys today. Lots of housekeeping again today. Lots of smaller stories. Uh, we're going to talk about Baldur's Gate 3. We're going to talk about Evo. We're going to talk about a smaller indie game that I played this week as a palate cleanser from Baldur's Gate 3. Um, I've called. I've affectionately started calling Baldur's Gate 3 Splatterface, Matt, because mm-hmm. every cutscene, everybody just has blood splattered all over them. And it, like, mm-hmm. never goes away. Like, it does if you heal. Yeah. yeah that's you, because of, of you've been injured. Right. And, like, you have bruises and uh-huh. everything. It's pretty, it's pretty well done. Yeah. Like, um, you can tell how low on hit points something is because of how beat up it looks. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anything else going on this week? It's a pretty slow week. Not a lot of big game releases. There was a game that was supposed to release today, WrestleQuest. That was delayed yesterday. Hmm. There's already a couple reviews for it out, out there. But they found a terminal bug. 
at the last mm. second and so they've delayed it by like a couple weeks to the end of the month but anyway if you're looking forward to wrestle quest that is not out there today if you had been anticipating it and it was in dossier so some of you may have been um but yeah pretty much a slow week in games i think they actually timed the release of Baldur's gate 3 pretty well that was a good place to be because I mean, august is backloaded with game releases there's a lot of yeah. good games coming this month but not until like the end of august so well, they wouldn't have gotten that steam record no oh, yeah uh, otherwise that's like true it was a good time to do it. It's nice feather in the cap for any game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we'll talk about in depth about Baldur's Once Gate again, later. Once again, I mean, you can tie the tag on the toe of the claim that people don't want single player games. Mm-hmm. Like, forget, like, if this is a single player, massive RPG, story driven, story focused, rather, mm-hmm. um, that, like, made by a, you know, big, big AAA budget, you know, limited platform, just PC for now. Yeah. And, uh, Sold like crazy. Yeah. So uh, no DLC, no microtransactions, no season pass, no expansion yet. Like, yeah. just it's just a game. Yeah. And here you go. Like, so again, they don't have to be games as services. Yeah, folks. they don't. Just, just make a good game. PlayStation's about to find that out. Man. Yeah, the hard way, probably. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But a little dicey, to say the least. Um, Let's see. We do have a lot of housekeeping today, so we probably shouldn't waste too much time screwing around mm-hmm. with the open. But um, let's take a look and see what you guys are saying and what you're up to. JM Rain already dropped a bunch of subs on us. Thank you, JM Rain. That's awesome, man. So did Sound Wizard. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. We're at level six of the hype train, and the show just started. You guys are awesome. See what you guys do when I'm not looking? You guys are awesome. That's what happens. <laughs> There they are, Sound Wizard with all those tier one subs. Thank you, man. That is so awesome. Um, East Demon, sounds like Shane isn't having a good time with Baldur's Gate 3. I think he's referencing a little combo that he and I had on um, the site at sifted.net, but I think he's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I've had a couple issues that I've made public on Sifted, and so maybe people think that my opinion is a little different than it really is. You'll have to wait and find out. And here's something really funny. The Big Smoke 82 wrote in chat, I picture Matt and Shane chasing Luna around the house to get her in the opening. Now, we have never, ever done that. That has Mm -hmm. never happened until today. The exact moment you sent that, he had got up and was trying to find Luna. Mm -hmm. It's insane and uncanny that that happened. Because she was in here. Here's the thing. She always comes in here on her own and just sits mm-hmm. on the table. Matt never has to go look for her. Yeah. And yeah. Right, Last week she didn't. Right. And then today she did and she was up biting my hair. But then either you moved your chair or I put my phone. Some small noise happened and she she will freak out if a, if a noise she doesn't expect happens. And she jumped a foot and ran away and ripped my arm yeah, open. Yeah, she brought blood on your arm, right? I don't know if you can see Yeah, that. you can see it. Yeah, you can see it. There it is. <laughs> And then she ran off, and Matt... She ran off, and she's down the hall, and I was trying to lure her back in with uh, with her snake toy. <laughs> and um, you sent and that message while he was Not. trying to get her back here. It was in- insane that you sent that message, and that happened. So anyway, just thought I would bring that up. Um, we got a couple people who gave us Twitch Prime while we were gone. Wampler13, thank you. Uh, Mystics Now Pig. Thank you for Twitch Prime. It doesn't collect all... Probably, probably Mystic Snow Pig. Mi- mis- I said Mystic's Now, now Pig. pig. <laughs> Mystic Snow Pig, yeah. Um, it doesn't keep all of you guys who come, and like a lot of people will watch Pactor Factor, and they'll come and sub- subscribe to Twitch Prime. It doesn't keep all you guys while we're gone, unfortunately, but we like to catch the ones that it does. So, um, Thanks again to Sound Wizard and JM Rain for dropping these subs on our chat. Toast9, thank you for Twitch Prime as well. 
Appreciate that. Let's see if there's any others that have slipped in here. Um, nope. Uh, Andy T. Monahan says it is International Cat Day. It is. And Luna has decided to... Here she comes. She's creeping. <laughs> there she is. You, hear, you can hear her purring. She knows where to go for her camera time. She'll jump up there in a second. Um, so anyway... I think it's time to get on with the housekeeping for Game Face 353. And as I said, we have a good bit of it for this week's episode, like we have for the last like five episodes. Lots of small stories happen and not lots of big ones over the last like month or so. Um, the first one, though, is a bit of a disappointment. And we talked <laughs> we talked last week. This is the most rock star thing that's ever happened. <laughs> we talked last Wonderful. week. Yeah. We talked last week about how there were basically leaks that a new version of Red Dead Redemption was being worked on. It was like there was a ratings board thing, and there was like some stuff that leaked. They found a logo for it, blah, blah, blah. And we both thought, we agreed, that this has to be a remake or a remaster because it's a game that's desperately in need of it. Mm -hmm. And and Rockstar would never, ever, in a million years, repeat the mistake that it made with the Grand Theft Auto trilogy remakes or whatever the hell they were. Definitive editions. Definitive editions. And as it turns out, that's exactly what Rockstar is doing. It's once again re-releasing one of its classic games with little to no work being done on them. Matt, mm. how shocked were you to hear this? Uh, I mean, not at all. Yeah, it's it's Rockstar. <laughs> so I mean, the, a, I mean, I'm a, I guess I'm a little surprised they didn't cludge together a PC version of some yeah. kind out of it, like uh-huh. just using like an emulator or some shit. But yeah. it's like, I, wow. Like just, just. I mean, it's not like they announced anything and it was all leaks and stuff. But it's just like, sure, why not? So Red I mean, at Dead least is playable on modern systems. <laughs> well, a couple Xbox of them. Now. Yes, pl- so it's, it's well, not PC, but you can play it on everything else. The announcement was that Red Dead, a port of Red Dead Redemption, mm-hmm. is coming to PlayStation Four and Switch. Now it already works on Xbox because yeah. of the backwards compatibility. Yeah, and it's a pretty huge step up, I would add no, too. It's, it's very well done. Like they definitely. Plussed it a bit. Mm-hmm. Like it, it does not look like the original right. 360 version running, you know, on a on a modern. So it, it looks good. And the game has been patched. You know, it's like a decade old at this yeah, point. Yeah, like, I mean, you still get the the occasional magic cougar, but like it's yeah. it's it's much better. It plays way better than it did at launch. But and then and then I saw this morning that there are graphics comparisons out there. Xbox 360 versus Switch, mm-hmm. Matt, in the showdown of the century. Yeah, <laughs> and the funny part is the Switch version doesn't look hardly any better than the Xbox 360 well, version. The Switch is not that much more powerful than right. the Xbox 360, is it? Yeah, um, um, but Red Dead is now officially on a Nintendo platform. That's kind of a big deal, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you, it's, it's that's the thing is like, like the Switch is great in that regard if you haven't had a owned a game console in like fifteen years, <laughs> pretty much. Know, like, yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it's sort of old news. I mean, it's good that it's playable on all the modern consoles now, I guess. Yeah, and Congren um, brings up a good point, too, that they left out the online play, too. Yeah, well, that was, that's not a surprise. Yeah, they the multiplayer. They don't want you to do that. I mean, they left out the online play on the second one now, too. Yeah. Um, they want you to play GTA Online. That's yeah. it. If you're going to play an online Rockstar game, they want you to play GTA. Because they didn't support Red Dead Online all that long. Not very much, no. Uh, a few years, but mm-hmm. like... It, and it's certainly not on the level of like what GTA Five. You're right, gets. though. They want to funnel all their fans into that I one mean, they've, place. They've figured out what works mm-hmm. and what's really popular, and that's what they're going to focus on. They figured out where the easy money. Just so is. you know, like, <laughs> just so you know, buckle up for the online integration in Six, guys. Like, because this, I don't know if this game's going to be what we expect it to be, like in terms of like being a 
GTM. Hopefully it is. I don't think they're going to have online play inside GTA 6. I think that they're going to just use GTA Online and just start bringing elements from GTA 6 into GTA Online. Like, why would you kill GTA Online? Oh, I don't, think I don't think they'll kill GTA Online. I think GTA 6 is going to be an expansion to GTA Online. Oh, interesting. I think it's basically going to be an add-on. Oh. I think, like... I, like to the point that I don't know if you're gonna be. Like, I wonder if you're gonna have to play GTA Six in GTA Online. Mm. Like if, if you'll just be good doing and like that like, would really suck. It would. <laughs> like, but I'm but I'm thinking if I'm trying to put myself in the in the shoes of like Rockstar in terms of how to maximize that kind of thing. Like, I can definitely see, and I don't agree with this proposal, but I definitely could see a world where they think, oh. Having the chaos of GTA Online happening in your campaign game will make it all feel alive and integrated, and it'll lure you to want to play GTA <laughs> Online because it's so crazy. You see all this crazy shit happen while you're trying to do missions. I can like, see where they might think that. Right. <laughs> I mean, to us, that's going to be the most frustrating thing we've ever had to fucking deal with in a game. But yeah. like to them, it's basically free advertising yeah. for the thing that's going to keep you giving them money for years after you finish GTA 6. So my concern, my worst case scenario, is that GTA 6 is something like that. Mm, I hope you're wrong. So do I. <laughs> Eth even points out that it was my Microsoft that did all that work and not 2K. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was all Microsoft doing for all their cleaning up stuff. stuff they would for... do, yeah, and that was a, there was a conflict on that at some point, I think, because like Rockstar was like, we didn't give you permission to change our game. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we didn't change your game. We just changed how the Xbox like presents it, yeah. basically. And they're like, it, it was there was a little bit of friction there for a second. <laughs> Typical Rockstar. Yep. <laughs> trying to take the piss out of somebody who's trying to help them. That just makes sense. Um, Sneaky says just GTA Online with a sick storyline, something like that. I really hope that that's not the case. I think the vast majority of people would be hugely disappointed if that were the case. I would agree. I don't know if Rockstar knows that. It would be an internet backlash like you've never seen before. Mm -hmm. Like, holy moly, man. Well, all I got to say is Rockstar better buckle up if that's the plan for Grand Theft Auto 6 because it will flop spectacularly. And that's even knowing that generally... People give Rockstar way more leeway than they give other developers and publishers. Oh, yeah. It's the only so. explanation for why people... I saw somebody praising this game, Red Dead 2, as a masterpiece <laughs> earlier. And I'm like, in terms of like presentation, sure. In terms of actual gameplay, give me a break. I think it just depends on your perspective and what you enjoy. Yeah, but if you enjoy a character that does what you tell him to do when you move the fucking stick, no. <laughs> Touche. Yeah, so um, anyway... A pretty big disappointment for Red Dead. Everybody kind of thought it might be a remaster or a ground-up remake because it kind of needs it. But as it, it turns it out... Been, yeah, but then this is like the most low-impact, cheapest solution. Yeah, so here you which go. is what we should have guessed was going to be the case. Yeah. Because that's kind of what Rockstar does, sadly. Like, I was a little... Like, my only reason I didn't bring that up at the time was really that I didn't know if it was possible. Because, mm -hmm. like, they seem to be having so much trouble getting any of this stuff working. I mean, they must have done some work to get the Switch version running. Yeah. Um, PlayStation, maybe you just had to do figure out how to like port, you know, basic. But again, that the code in that original game is supposedly such a giant mess mm -hmm. that it probably was still pretty. I a, mean, pretty big job. I'm I'm guessing it's not going to be great. These ports. No, I'm I'm gonna get <laughs> I'm gonna guess that it's still going to be the playing it on backwards compatible on the Xbox One or Xbox Series X is probably still going to be the, the best way to the play. Best it. choice. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, big disappointment there. Neither Matt nor I thought that this was going to be the case. We both no. thought that it was going to be also, a remake. Also, it's still surprising. Like, if you're going to do that, 
you didn't clutch together some kind of PC version. Yeah, no even, PC version. Even one that sucks. Yeah, you know, even like a even like a definitive edition quality level thing. It's that's remarkable. a step too far for Rockstar after the so. GTA trilogy definitive. Maybe we'll get it later. Maybe yeah. it'll be like here here it runs at forty frames a second for reasons we will never explain. But take it or leave it. It's, yeah, it capped at forty three. <laughs> If you try to raise it, it just says, fuck you, and and shuts the program down. Uh, Also, next up, Matt and I's worst fears have been realized with Final Fantasy XVI. Unfortunately, now Square Enix is putting the message out that it is disappointed in the sales of Final Fantasy XVI. Even though they apparently made the whole expense back in one quarter. Yeah. And the rest is all profit. All all profit from here on out. But, like... Square Square has the most unrealistic expectations of It's notorious for this. Yeah. It did but it with Tomb Raider when it goes, had Tomb Raider. But it also goes back to long, long ago. I know like what was it? Um I think it was No Clip is pulling out all those old that old footage that they rescued from the CBS archives from like Giant Bombs or uh, GameSpot's old stuff and mm-hmm. yeah they've got all these like E3 video like there's like video of E3 that's like better quality than anything that's existed 1080p before. yeah why is GameSpot not doing something with that video what are they doing why are they giving it to No Clip that's so stupid because they don't have the bandwidth to do anything with it because the their budget, they, they have no budget they're Dude, gone they, GameSpot I'll say this is launching new shows like every They're trying, day. but they don't think that's the problem is it's traction. the same three people in every right. show. But also like try to pitch like we're gonna put up E three two thousand five footage as our big thing today to CBS bosses. Like that's not But you fly. don't. It's, you don't pitch it as the big thing. You but, just put it up. But you're gonna have to like, justify you it. You might as well get the play out of that. Like that's money that you invested many years ago. You might as well get they the views didn't. out of it in twenty twenty three. The people doing that now didn't do yeah. that. They're, they're right, kids. But it's still they own that yeah, but they don't care. That's, no I mean, that's do, the problem. No clip does care. <laughs> so I don't really care what happens to GameSpot. Yeah. Um, well, that, I worked there, so I have at least a little bit of a That ain't the place spot. you worked. It's not. There's actually, I don't know if there's a single person left there. I would there be shocked if there that was. That worked there when I worked there. I, I don't, don't think know. there's even a, not even at Giant Bomb. Surely all those people are dead now. Uh, no, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> but not even at Giant Bomb is there anyone left who was there when I was there. Probably they're all now. gone now. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's moved on. Yeah. We're almost 50. I mean, it's... it's yeah. like, but like, um, like back. I, one of the things that I I probably won't surface, but the one of the things I desperately hope surfaces is uh, Squares. Uh, in, it was in the booth. It was E three. I want to say it was two thousand three, maybe or two thousand two. But it was before either either before or right after eleven came out, mm-hmm. and they, you know they were using eleven as sort of their Trojan horse to launch Play Online. Their yeah, online, I remember that their online portal yep. thing. Mm-hmm. And there was this video that only played if you set, went inside the booth and sat and watched their presentation in there. And it was this batshit video of like five years in the future or something. It was like it was like five years in the future or something, and. There were play online centers everywhere in every city in the world. Oh, I think and you like, brought you mentioned this like a yeah, couple I've weeks mentioned ago. Yeah, I mentioned a few and like and like the there's like kids having trouble. Like these guys are having trouble yeah. beating this boss in Final <laughs> Fantasy XI. So they text like the best Final Fantasy XI player in the world, and he's like walking down the street. It's like this like twelve year old white kid, yeah. and he gets like a pager message <laughs> to go, and he, so he just turns into a Square Enix uh, play online center and sits down and logs in and helps them beat the boss. And it's like basically implied that all online play in the world world is done through squares play online <laughs> service now and i and no one else got no one you only got to see that if you sat in that booth in that e3 and i'm like i just want the rest of the world to see how out of touch with reality Delusional. square has been for a since, long time really since they started production on the spirits within yeah 
Um, that's kind of, you're right, that's kind of where it's. Yeah, that's where they lost their mind. <laughs> yeah. Like When they built that huge server farm in Hawaii yeah. just to render CG, remember yeah. that? And they made one movie yeah. and shut and it Never all used down. it again. And then told Sakaguchi <laughs> to go away, please. And now like, he's back. <laughs> now he's back again. But, um, it's, Sakaguchi, back again. Yeah, it's just, it was just, the Final Fantasy VII made everyone at that company lose their damn minds. Yeah. And well, what do you think is going to come out of this? Do you think this means that, like, now we're going right back to the Fruity Tootie version of Final Fantasy? <laughs> I think the next one will probably be more traditional in that sense. <laughs> That's the word I was looking uh, for. <laughs> I, I think, um, but also because there's only the one, this team can only do so much, and they're also doing Final Fantasy fourteen, and there's a, yeah. you know, they announced a new expansion for that coming. Yeah, big one. So, yeah. um, and uh, the whole re- the, the, you know, the, the revamping of the graphics and all that, and the, and was an Xbox version? Too. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a lot of work. The thing, I think um, I think they might start doing like an alternating thing. I hope like so. Maybe the even numbered ones. Look, I'm not asking. Look, team. I'll be honest. I'm not asking that this is the way Final Fantasy is forever. Like I'm just, okay. Just every once in a while, written for someone over the age of 15. Yeah. Look, I realize that it has its fans that enjoy yeah. that other style, and like I don't want to rip that away from them. But like, can't we both be satisfied? Can't yeah. we alternate games so we're both getting what we want? Or like, even you don't even need to make it the main series. Like you could just have you know what was it. A creative business unit three do right. like a side you know final fantasy colon something yeah. it's like their own thing yeah, it doesn't have to be numbered it doesn't have to be the numbered series you want to keep the numbered series to be like 12 year old afternoon anime bullshit go ahead like <laughs> although yeah. i would argue if it's not a numbered one those spin-offs will probably eventually die probably eventually die and also like they won't get the budget that mm-hmm. 16 would that's right. one of the things that's cool about 16 is yep. like it's it's done it's done up to the nines yeah in a way that normally you have to have Five thousand belts on your main character to turn that <laughs> and budget big shoes. Square. Yeah. So, <laughs> yep. Um, so, any guess what Square Enix does? Do you think that's what it does? It alternates, takes turns. In all seriousness, my answer to that is I don't care. Yeah, like I we, do. I want to play more games like Final Fantasy sixteen. I don't care. We got sixteen. That's fine. Like <laughs> I can good. go right back to not caring what Final Fantasy does okay. <laughs> until they decide to do something I do care about. There's Fair plenty enough. of other things to play. Fair enough. Um, next up, Matt, have you been watching season? Oh, Vincent's like, what comes out first? Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Three or Final Fantasy Seventeen? I think Part Three comes out first. Probably. Yeah. The the, the sales wise, it's like even though they'll they'll say, oh, that's because it was more grounded in like hard fantasy is why sixteen didn't do well. They still know that that's where the bread is buttered. Yeah. Like they, so they're going to go back to that other kind of corny version, which is what the Final Fantasy VII remakes are, let's be honest, which is why they haven't really resonated yeah. with me. I mean, VII is a, is a guaranteed... I mean, moneymaker. So guaranteed moneymaker. And it's nostalgia bait for something that we don't really have nostalgia for because yeah. I was in my 20s when that game yeah. came out. And that was put, put me a little far beyond the target audience. Well, yeah. We are we were a little more critical at that point in our lives. We weren't like the 13-year-olds who just let everything wash over mm-hmm. us and then say it's awesome. And that's, I mean, that's just the way you are when you're young. I was the same way everybody is. So, um, Although some people grow out of it. Yeah. Well, we did. I think did. most people do eventually. Uh, judging by the internet, no. That's not what happens. <laughs> that's possible. Go, go, go read some Star Wars fan groups. You want to yeah. see how people don't grow out of things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, next up, Matt, have you been watching season three of The Witcher on Netflix? No. Um, I, so I got rid of Netflix. Netflix. I told you guys that like a couple months ago. And I got it just for this month. And I already watched Black Mirror, which was unique this time because each Black... Did you watch Black Mirror? No. Each one is like an hour plus 
Oh, they is, were mini movies. Yeah, yeah, instead of being like a series of shorts. It was like five or six mini movies, and it was really good. Um, and I really enjoyed uh, the new Black Mirror. But then I also got it to watch season three of The Witcher. I waited until the second half of the season came out, and I got it so I could watch all that stuff at once. And I got about three episodes into season three of The Witcher and just lost interest. Um, and it sounds like I'm not alone because it sounds like the view, viewership numbers for it are bad. Also, also, I learned this week that I didn't know, which was that the viewership numbers for season two were drastically down mm-hmm. from season one. I didn't know that. Well, most um, people don't because Netflix doesn't share information. Right, right. Well, season three is even worse than season two. Well, people are not invested anymore because they know Henry Cavill's leaving. That's so. That's part of it. So the producer of the show... The producer is an idiot. Yeah. He didn't want to blame it on that. Instead, he blamed it on the lack of attention spans among American viewers. I mean, he's not wrong, but also, like, that's not why people aren't watching the show. Americans like, watch all the other shows on Netflix, yeah. but it wasn't a problem with their Americans attention Americans watch span. House of Cards just fine. Yeah. That was way slower than I The mean, Witcher. People like, watch Game of Thrones just fine. Oh, Game like, of Thrones, yeah. I mean, you can go you, on and on. Did you know it's been seven years since the battle? Battle of the Bastards episode. Really? Six years since that uh, the the episode where the where Danny like burns the whole army with the with the dragon. Oh, really? Damn. Time just whips. Been almost a, been almost a decade. That's insane, that. man. That's insane. But anyway, there are hundreds of shows that Americans yeah. watch just fine. You're the you're the difference. Yeah. You're the anomaly. Your show is the one they don't want to watch. Because there's watch. no there's no target audience for it. It's like it's too. It's too slow and dull to hook someone who's just looking for a fantasy adventure, and it's too far away from the source material to hook the people who care about The Witcher to begin with, which is one of the reasons Cavill left the show, because the, the showrunners don't care about any of, any of the material. The source material. Um, yeah. Yeah, source material. So, like, who cares? Like, yeah. Like, that's why I, I mean, you know me. I love The Witcher. I have all the books. Yeah. I have all the games. That's I why I'm surprised you weren't them. watching this show. Because I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, it's boring. Yeah. It's it's the not, first season, I thought, and I don't mean great. that in the sense that like, oh, The Witcher's boring. I mean in the sense that like, I hate the way Netflix has always structured its shows. Mm-hmm. I hate the way streaming has changed. How like, oh, you just can just do nothing in the middle because we want thirteen episodes, even though the sh- story is six episodes. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be all this town. And like, The Witcher season two did some of that, mm-hmm. uh, and I to the point that I didn't bother past like think the halfway point, and like it would never occur. I mean. I think Stranger Things is one of the most stone dead boring things I've ever watched. Really? Like I, I, I like season three okay, and season one was pretty good. Season two is one of the biggest waste of time I've ever sat through. Not much happened, and I, ne- yeah. I didn't bother to watch season four. You should. Um, it's pretty good. I don't. But you're care. right. There's, I, I, I there is one I, season of that show that like literally nothing happens. I cannot <laughs> emphasize how actively I don't care. Like, like to the point of like, should I cancel Netflix the day season five of Stranger Things put, goes up just to say to them, I don't care about this stupid show. Um, in part because it, they got me, they suckered me back in. I, I gave yeah, them my sixteen dollars to watch season three of the. Witcher I don't understand and, what I'm. I mean, the characters are interesting, but the but the show doesn't focus on them. Like mm-hmm. season three, I liked in part because it figured out that the relationships between the characters was the interesting part, not the storyline that literally goes nowhere. And they haven't even mentioned anything new, new information about it since season season one, episode three. But The Witcher three, you know, The Witcher at least ditched the very confusing out of sequence timeline thing from the first season, mm-hmm. um, which I was like, oh, it's not that hard to follow. I'm like, I kind of is. It though. was, yeah. Like if you don't know the rules of the Witcher universe and how long sorceresses live and all this, like the the idea, trying to figure out that like the, the there's like a scenes taking place a hundred years ago and scenes play, taking place like ten years ago, and like there's no indication of switching. There's no color t- tone framing change there's no 
clear indication outside of some vague references to the political machinations of the different kingdoms that you never actually really see. Um, apparently, nobody's military uniform changes in a century. That's weird. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's it just didn't really work for well, me. Well, the other thing too is they even split- though I knew the story they were telling, yeah. like I, I was like, okay, that that's weird. They also split up the third season into two sections, yeah. which I think probably was not a good idea. No, but- I mean they're trying to like Netflix is too afraid to do the weekly release thing for most of it because they tried that for a while and it didn't work yeah. for them. Um, but they also want to keep the shows in the in the kind of the, the zeitgeist longer, which only happens with staggered release. So I think that's what the idea there. They do it with animated shows a lot too. Yeah. Um, the other problem I think The Witcher has is um, no one can decide whether they're doing the books or the games. Nah. Um, Geralt in the books is a very, very different character mm-hmm. from the character in the games. Geralt in the books is actually... A little neurotic and very emotionally open, cries a lot, mm-hmm. um, is very involved in things, and like is kind of that like, is kind of the antithesis of right. What and in the is. in the games, he's basically Batman, <laughs> right. right? Like yeah. he's like a, he's very gruff and soft and like yeah. kind of, you know like very, very matter very of matter of fact and, and mm, like not and much so, emotion. And the thing is, Cavill is playing game Geralt. He is, yeah. But game Geralt is kind of a difficult vehicle to tell book Geralt's story. Mm. Because a lot of what what happens with Booker, you have to believe that he really, really loves Siri, and that he and and uh, Yennefer and Siri form this like kind of like family unit that's mm-hmm. then destroyed by the Wild Hunt, which is why he's so driven in the third game. By the way, yeah, um, it, the third game requires you to know more about the books than the other two games combined. Like it's remarkable. Yeah, um, but like. I don't think that really comes across from what I've seen in the in the TV show, and it just it, you, you can tell that like the, the the guy playing Geralt and the people writing the show and the people running the show are all kind of at cross cross purposes with each other, and it just doesn't quite gel. So, um, if you, so producer of uh, The Witcher on Netflix, if you want to know what's really wrong with your show, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not short attention spans. That's just not the case. Like, yeah, and we knew that already. Also, does that imply that like other countries are watching right. in droves like, right with, right or they or that they, they have better attention spans it's just americans that have short attention spans mm-hmm. like nobody else has cell phones like all media it, went this direction and all like, smartphones like TikTok's took over the world, only in america it, yeah it didn't affect anyone but americans <laughs> like i don't absurd. know about that dude just covering his ass basically so anyway i don't know what's gonna happen with season four like isn't um who's taking cavill's place uh, uh hemsworth right Le- liam hemsworth hemsworth yeah young young uh, discount hemsworth right yeah <laughs> but Liam Hemsworth Probably. is a fine actor, but like, yeah. it's just like he is always going to be. We <laughs> the have, other Hemsworth. He's always going to be. We have Chris Hemsworth at home, Hemsworth. Right. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we'll see what happens. And I feel four. sorry for him on this because there's no way. Like, he's no one's going to accept him as as a replacement for Henry Cavill. Like, I don't even. I'm not even a huge Henry Cavill fan, but like, that man is Geralt of Rivia. A lot of people agreeing with you that season one was weirdly confusing. Barry Lomax. Like you're going from Geralt of Rivia to Geralt of Wish.com, and it's just it's gonna be a tough transition. Um Cinetyke says he needed to go online to have help with the timeline on season one. It's not very well communicated. Yeah. Um, which is another reason you can kind of see that like people like question like why was Henry Cavill having such conflict? Like if you were looking at that how they were constructing that, I would have conflict with them too, because that's very in- unclear storytelling. Yeah. And then Schneeky asks, is writing and shows getting lazy as they know people on Reddit will fill in the blanks or explain things. 
No, I don't think that's no. why. No. Also remember, like, writing happens now, especially with, this is one of the reasons the strike is happening and demanding writers' rooms and having writers stay on throughout the production of a show. The problem here is not that the writing is bad. The problem is the writing happens before the show even starts production, and then there's no writers around anymore. Because they don't want to pay for the writers to, to stick that, around. Yeah, at most you have a showrunner who's also a writer, who's Ish. like a headish writer, right. who is then altering stuff on the fly as you as you shoot. And not whereas, consulting with the writers' yeah, whereas it used to be in the old days and by old days i mean like before like five years ago. like yeah five to ten years ago um you would have a writer's room and usually you'd have the head writer and the story editor and the writer's room producer and the writer of the specific episode available or sometimes on set when shooting to make on set, changes usually. on the fly yeah. the like actors having trouble with this one line they rewrite it right there like isn't that, it crazy how penny pinching these studios have become? It's not crazy because the streaming model destroyed revenue in, right. show well, in shows. They look like, they're making enough revenue for it to be a bountiful business. It's just that they're, they're making, not making money hand over fist now. Right, and they not, don't want to pass the money off to right. the rank and well, file the, employees. It is much lower than it used to be. It is. Like yeah. the broadcast distribution yeah. method was literally tens of millions of dollars more per show. That's how this city was and, built on that and money. And syndication, yeah. right? Don't forget syndication rights. Yeah. There's no, nobody lets anything go to syndication anymore, yeah. which is where a lot of residuals come from. But the thing is, the people in charge of the studios want to still make the same amount of money. Right. Right, and th that means they're going to have to take cut it out back of on everybody all the else. people who actually do the work. Yeah, and when they, when they when they also don't don't be fooled when they talk about the AI stuff, they want to talk about AI writing shows and producing shows and editing shows and generating things out of whole cloth. The, the the main thing an algorithm does well is analyze trends and and popularity and things that will go viral. In fact, if you've ever seen that stupid Wes Anderson does Star Wars viral video that that one channel put out that blew up as like kind of the beginning of the AI thing mm -hmm. um, in terms of like generating content. Um, they admit that they got the idea for Wes Anderson does Star Wars from asking an AI chatbot what would be a popular viral thing, mm -hmm. film thing. And they and that was one of the other suggestions, so they went with that. <laughs> wow. The best thing an algorithm does, certainly right now, is predict what's going to be popular. Yeah. That is literally the job of a studio executive. It is. That yeah. is the studio <laughs> executives are, are supposed to be the ones <laughs> who are green light and red light things based on what they know will sell and be popular and make the most ad revenue. And that is the entertainment job most effectively replaced by an AI right now. So watch your fucking back, people. Like, like that is the irony that it's like you want to argue for AI right. in production. You're gonna you're lose next, your job. You're the one who's gonna lose your yeah. job, yeah. and you're the one who's gonna lose your job and never look back on it because yeah. when you try to get an AI to write a sitcom good luck because yeah. an AI doesn't understand jokes yeah yeah like all that's the one thing you can't do ask chat GPT to tell you a joke sometime yeah <laughs> well, or just it's ask, only funny because it's so terrible the joke yeah or just ask chat GPT to tell you the truth about anything right <laughs> Or just be accurate. It's like talking to a. It's like talking to a sixteen-year-old who's insecure about themselves. It's yeah. just like, why are you making? I know you're lying to me. Like, why are you? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yep. Uh, okay. Well, let's move on to the next uh, topic, which is not a good one. Unfortunately, we got news this week that the team behind the Callisto Protocol has undergone a lot of lay layoffs. Uh, they lost thirty-two people in their studio. Um, the maybe the most shocking thing that was exposed throughout the story is the fact that the Callisto Protocol cost 
$162 million to produce. That's a lot of money. And then sold two to three million units. <laughs> Less than that. Yeah. So what are you looking at if you want to make your money back? Just not even break. If you want to break even on that, how many copies of that do you have to sell? Five, six. Yeah. Yep. After the marketing and everything is piled on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Five or six million units. They got to like two to three. Um, so they laid off 32 people, which is a big chunk of the staff there. And I saw the person who had hired that team, who had assembled that team, was on Twitter talking about how they literally spent two and a half years building that team for that game. That it was an all-star team, that they waited on some people to finish projects to bring them on, and that kept them from starting on the game when they wanted to start. All this, like, this HR person was just like, man... It was my life's work to build this team, and now it's just being dismantled. And he was devastated. Mm -hmm. He's like, you guys don't understand. This team was all-star. Like, the best I could assemble, and it took me two years to do it, and now it's just gone in the blink of an eye. He doesn't even work there anymore. Mm -hmm. The HR guy. I'm sure. I There's a lot of... There was a lot of delusion behind the production of this game, it seems. Um, the idea that this would sell more than what it did is kind of ridiculous. I think at the time the Striking Distance was put together, Glenn Schofield was like a god. He had managed to take over the Call of Duty pattern of a game every three years with his studio and make, in all honesty, some of the best Call of Duty games while he was working on the IP. And I think at that point he was just a god. And people were like, mm -hmm. he can do no wrong. He worked on Call of Duty and made his games a success. How could he screw this up? Well, because they were called Call of Duty. Right. Well, he, <laughs> you know, he made Dead Space, the original Dead right. Space. So they're like, how the could he screw this up? He makes Call of Duty. He made the original Dead Space. He gets the original Dead Space was not a runaway sales right. hit, though. Right. Like it was. Just, it just no, has right. a great reputation because people who did play it loved it. Really liked it. Yeah. And then EA fucked it up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, but like. I, the idea that you would think this game would justify that budget is madness to me. I mean, when I saw that budget, my eyeballs almost popped out of my head. I couldn't believe it. I was like, are you kidding me? It should have been half of that. Yeah. I mean, that's how much they spent on the Haunted Mansion movie. Yeah. Cause the other which thing, was also a mistake. <laughs> the other thing, too, is the game is not that long. No. It's not like this gigantic opus that, like, takes you 30 or 40 hours to complete. That's not what this game is. Like, No, it's pure polish and yeah. presentation. Yeah. Which is important, but, like, you got to know when to when to stop. I think what this shows, though, is just, like, something that we always just kind of brush off or gloss over which is the big bets that these companies have to make to create mm -hmm. video games. But also, they don't have to. Well, like, this didn't need to be as big of a bet. No. But it's still, if you want to... Especially a brand new, brand new team, brand new company, brand new IP. Like, make something reasonable, and then if it hits... Then uh, go all in. Calista Protocol 2 can cost $167 right. million. Like, it, it's, it's... He had the cachet to command the money, and they gave it to him, and it was a mistake. Well, it's just, I don't see a, a world where this catches fire. Is I that, don't either. It's, it's not like there's anything wrong with the game, like, to the point that it's bad or anything. It's yeah. just, that's about, you know, you say that, oh, sold, like, three million copies. Like, yeah, that's about right. They were looking for Resident Evil 4 remake numbers. That's... But it's... <laughs> Resident Evil 4 is one of the greatest games of yeah. all time. Also, maybe <laughs> if this was called Resident Evil, Resident Evil Space. Right. Or like, <laughs> Space Zombies. Do, do not underestimate how much Astro brand zombies. name helps with stuff like <laughs> no, that. No, seriously. I mean... It, it may have been better to use an existing IP to create a game instead of starting a new one. Like, yeah, I mean, there was no way, there's no way to have it happen, but if you could have argued them and to make, let you make this called, like, Call of Duty Horror 
spinoff, whatever. Yeah. Like that, it, that, that could have worked. Like we're never going to get a Callisto Protocol too. No. All the money they dumped into this is just water under the bridge now. Yep. Maybe someday they can sell the. Weird, it'd be a weird little IP. artifact that some some kid who's like three years old right now makes a video about in fifteen years on whatever the replacement for YouTube is on this game that his dad had <laughs> that he yeah. played when his parents weren't around and like it defined his horror taste yeah. for his, his whole life. Yeah. So anyway, you know, anytime layoffs happen in the industry, we send out our condolences to the people who are affected and we hope that they'll land on their feet. But based mm-hmm. upon what the HR person said. I don't think there's going to be a problem with no. any of these people finding new work. No, they're all very good at what they do. It's fine. It, they'll, they'll be okay. Although the, Although co- Cine- Cine- the combat like, director might have trouble. Might, might want to, <laughs> yeah, I want to have another thing ready for in the portfolio on that yeah, one. No offense to the combat uh, director. Although Cinetyke is right that they should have kept it tied to the PUBG universe. Uh-huh. Maybe. It couldn't have hurt. It couldn't have hurt. But there's no at the very narrative. Least at the very least, it's so weird that it would have gotten more press. That's true. People would have paid attention to it because, like, wait, this is PUBG? Like, what? It would have had, it, there would have been a story there. It was a completely there. meaningless thing. Other so. than we've waited 10 years for a new Dead Space. EA is never going to give it to us. Oh, here's the guy who created Dead Space trying to give us the new, Although, the new Dead oh, Space. Here's a great remake of Dead Space almost right. at the same time. Yeah. The that timing of that was, was actually unfortunate better. for sure. Yeah. I don't know which was better, honestly. Oh, I prefer the remake of Dead Space yeah, by far. But I had already played by it, you far. know, 10 years earlier or whatever. Sure, but I'd rather play a great game than a mediocre one. Yeah. And this is a, and this game this was a mediocre game. pretty much mediocre. Yeah. So anyway. With better combat, it would have been different. And better checkpointing. Because I gave up at some... I can't remember where it was, but it was like... Like a third at this of the point way right through. here, after the first combat. <laughs> no, it was a third of the way through where like I kept having... It was right... The checkpoint was right before a big upgrade station, and so every time I failed, I had to re-upgrade everything, and there was no way to save it after upgrading. And eventually, I'm like, I don't want to spend a minute and a half like upgrading all my shit before I go in and try again, and I just moved away from it, and that was it. The crazy thing is, I'm let me friends. save my fucking game. Yeah. <laughs> the crazy thing is, I'm friends with Glenn Schofield on Facebook, and since this game released, he has been posting images of his artwork. Have you seen it? Are you friends with him on there? He is an amazing artist. But I do wonder if he has gone back to his former life as Solus from what happened with this game. Because obviously, he knew all along what was going on with this game. But all of a sudden, this art started popping up on his Facebook feed. And I'm like, why? Where's this coming from? <laughs> I don't know. It's, I think a lot of people ser- seek comfort when they go through stuff like that. And I think maybe for him, his art is something that he yeah. finds comfort in. It's also a good resume build. <laughs> he's also very talented. Like, yeah. he's also, like, I, what do you think is going to happen with Striking Distance now, the studio? You don't think they're going to just disband the whole thing, right? I, I mean, think that's up to him. Yeah. I'm sure he could get the funding together for another game yeah. if he wanted to, but it depends. But they're probably going to be like, yo, you get $80 million right. this time. Or, or even less. Like, yeah. Be, but, like, yeah, it depends what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure he could go get a job at any of the majors if he wanted to. Oh, yeah. If he wants to keep doing his own thing, I'm, I get, I'm sure he has investors who I would mean, he could get a job like. You know, running the entire like first party stuff at PlayStation, like he—that's the type of job mm-hmm. that he's lined up for next, really. Yeah, like, I mean, he's ran like four studios. Like, I think it's up to him. Yeah, and really, it comes down to like, you know, do you want to keep doing development or do you want to move into a cushier sort of supervisory role? Yeah, um, I know what my pick would be at this point. Yeah, like, yeah, you get up to a certain age, it's like, it's like you don't need to be in the trenches anymore. Yeah, because you already did it. You paid your dues. 
and that, and like working on and the, the advantage of you know obviously there's a freedom to owning your own development studio and doing whatever you want not answering to corporate over, overlords and such but as people like Cliff Blazinski find out like that also means you're responsible for all these people's lives right. like yeah i have you know like that's a hard people part. can say whatever they want about Cliff but i talked to him uh right after uh boss key was basically announced to be shutting down mm-hmm. and i have never seen him more upset in my entire life he was he was despondent that all these people were going to lose their jobs because he, he, what he felt, I don't agree with that, but he felt it was all his fault and he worked very hard to get everybody new places and use his clout to sort of like push people in a new place. Like he was, it's a very, very hard position to be in. And if you're used to sort of just the creative, like the creative flow and all of a sudden you're responsible for all this, if you're running a company, like that's a big difference. It's a big stressor. It's a hard thing to do. And so if I were Glenn Schofield, I think I'd rather have that responsibility be on Sony. Yeah, yeah. And, I'd agree. You know, yeah. like I get it, get a different, but you know, it depends what he wants. Whatever he wants to do, I'm sure he can make that happen. But we'll see. Yeah, Cliff is probably the most misunderstood person in gaming. Absolutely. Like what the average gamer thinks Cliff is is not who Cliff Blazinski is mm-hmm. at all. No, his Cl- persona, Cliff through persona the whole from gear the '90s and the two, yeah, way it was very different from who he really is. Absolutely. Yeah, very. much. It's really very bizarre much. how it's he got he got in shape. Yeah. And that's that's all it took. They're like, oh, he went to the gym. Yeah, look out. <laughs> it's crazy. Cliff lifted heavy yeah. objects and put them down again. He's yeah. very different now. And it's like, no, no, he's a Cliff yeah. is a very kind man. Yeah. Steady um, Decline says uh, he's been posting art since the Call of Duty days on his Twitter. Right. But I'm telling you, like, it went from like a piece of art every nine months to a new piece of art every day on his Facebook feed. For mm-hmm. his, he's still doing it. His art is amazing too. It's all like gory, like <laughs> it looks like a skateboard. Gra- it yeah. looks like skateboard graphics from the eighties, basically. Oh, wow. But he's very, very talented. Like he's a great artist. So anyway, um, yeah, I think they'll probably keep striking distance around, give him a smaller budget, give him another chance, and mm-hmm. if that doesn't work out, then I mean, kind of depends who's left, right? That's true. But I'm sure he was very prudent in who he kept. And oh, who sure. He let go and but also, you know, that that could lead to a situation where it's hard to attract new employees yeah. when it's time to staff up again because they're like, well, what happened last time? But, yeah, you know, it's it's a hard it's a hard thing to staff up. It can be a hard thing, especially if you're if you're under NDA and you can't show the new hires, potential new hires, what they're going to be doing. Yeah. Yeah, yep. that was that was another there was another company that was having trouble with that recently. I can't remember what it was. I don't remember either. I I can't. It was some, it was some company that was like we had trouble. People didn't want to work on the game they were known for. But we were working on this other game, but we couldn't tell them about the other game because it's still not announced. Oh, right. like, I, can't remember, I can't remember what that was. <laughs> Sounds like Riot. People don't want to work on no. League of Legends, but they have three other games they're working on. Well, we did finally see one. We did. We'll weekend. be talking about that a little in a little bit. Finally. Uh, next story. Nintendo announced its financials for the quarter, and it just killed it. No surprise mm-hmm. there. Um, and a big reason it killed it is because Tears of the Kingdom has already sold 18.5 million copies. 18.5 million. But again, nobody wants single-player games. Yeah. <laughs> I um, mean, it's going to be the best-selling Zelda of all time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, easily. It sold 18 million that's, in two that's months. That's Mario money. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. We're never getting a, a traditional oh, Zelda ever, ever again. again. It's no, never happening. Not. I could play taps for that. We're this, never getting a normal Zelda again. Zelda is now basically Minecraft. It like is, it's, it's, yeah. You're, like you're done. It's all going to be construction and yeah. 
which is a shame but you know the good news is like zelda used to be my favorite video game franchise and there have been dozens of others that have popped up over the last 20 years Mm -hmm. that i enjoy a great deal so now to be fair they are you know at least releasing the uh or ages and oracles Mm -hmm. uh thing at least that indicates they're not ditching yeah the old versions completely well they know there's still people like me out there (laughs) There's still suckers like us who want to play real Zelda games, but... Yeah. Steady Decline, thank you for gifting those Tier 1 subs, man. That's awesome. And Emperor Dread, thank you for subscribing with Twitch Prime in the middle of the show, which we never get to thank people for because we're always preoccupied. I also think that there may be side Zelda games that are more traditional. Maybe. To fill the space, because the the other thing about this... You can't take eight years to make a game. Right. That's the other thing about this format is, like, it takes forever to make this game. I mean, let's be honest. This game needs to sell. Does thirty million does. copies you because if you worked on it years. for eight or nine years, like. But again, you've set a precedent where, like, the next time you make a game of this kind of Zelda, it all has to work flawlessly, just like this one does. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, look, I didn't particularly enjoy the building and all that stuff, but I am thoroughly impressed by the fact that it all just works. Yeah. Like, the, like the, the, the there's almost no collision glitches. There's no like oh, it's, yeah. the craftsmanship in the it's game remarkable. is impeccable. Yeah. Absolutely. No doubt about polished it. to. I mean, you can tell like they delayed that a year and just polished it Vincent says maybe by the fifth game in this series they'll have real dungeons that'd be nice that'd be great and you know what I'll be honest with you Matt that would fix a lot of stuff for me you give me nine real dungeons that are you could even I don't even need nine give me five or six no I need eight (laughs) okay eight or more Uh, (laughs) I talked you down to eight Zelda games are eight yeah they are Zelda games are eight dungeons typically yeah Wind Waker would have been much better received if it had more than three dungeons yeah um yeah, give me eight real, real Zelda dungeons that all build on each other. Like, yeah, with, with, and I'm cool and with the rest of it. And you can just limit it. You can limit, like, like the way the underground was. Like, when you go in there, you can't use your building abilities. Yeah, but but you have like dungeon items that solve puzzles in there, and then mm-hmm. apply to the next dungeon. It's almost like a like a micro game inside the bigger game. Yeah, like, you basically, you're putting a Zelda game inside whatever the fuck this is. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's how I I would like that. That would satisfy both sides. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't like the build. I, I don't like the, the whole like, oh, I th- th- look at the thing up here. Is the thing you want up on the top of the thing? How do you get up there? And the answer is not solve an intricate puzzle or do a cool like jumping mechanic gliding thing. It's build a giant ramp and lean it up against the <laughs> fucking mountain and walk up the ramp. It's like, no, that's boring. I don't like that. It's yeah. stupid. Yeah. So I I feel like there's still people there who can build dungeons like that. I would hope so. Absolutely. Of course there are. I mean, there have to be. Of course there are. I mean, maybe that's what we get in the next one. Is something that is more in the middle that satisfies. To me, that's both. the be- that's the next step. Is like yeah. this. Le- I mean, what else can you? You really got this do done with yeah. this. Like yeah. you have this system. System th- technically, this system can do anything, right? Yeah. Maybe you add a couple new pieces. You add like little wrinkles in that regard. Maybe a new power that you can do. But really, the last the last step in this sort of evolution of Zelda is to bring back the dungeons. things that make it Zelda, <laughs> which is dungeons and the items that you get in the dungeon, so that and it maybe, makes it dungeon. I don't fun. know combat that doesn't annoy the shit out of me yeah like, that's less of a toy and more of a fight yeah i agree they could definitely clean up the combat in the game and that could maybe only be in the dungeons yeah like you could keep the normal you know combat out here and have like specific dungeon equipment yeah delving equipment called delving there we go delving pack <laughs> and all the stuff in the delving pack using dungeons and that's it yeah so the another interesting thing that came out of nintendo's financial report is that metroid prime 4 is still scheduled for switch yeah that's not surprising I thought it was. I'm not. Well, as I've said, they could have mysteriously left it out. No, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to launch with the new system, but it's going to be backwards compatible. I I think Switch is. It's going to be a PlayStation Five. I mean, you can't tease us for what has it been now? Four years, (laughs) or more? Four years. They announced this when they announced the system. Did they? Or was it just like a year later? I think at most a year later. Yeah, it wasn't too long after. 
Yeah, and uh, here we are in 2023, still not playing Metroid Prime 4. Uh, but it, yeah, I think you're right. I think what this hints at is that it's going to be a dual system release. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I would guess it's a launch game for the next hardware. Yeah. But if you own the old Switch, you can still play Worked it. Worked out pretty well for Breath of the Wild. It sure did. Absolutely. Um, so anyway, Nintendo... Oh, no, Metroid Prime is all building. Yeah. Oh, God. What a nightmare. <laughs> Although... You could absolutely have her do weird right. stuff like that with a beam out of her arm. Like Also, based on the sales of Metroid Prime in the past, I could see Nintendo being like, you know what? We need to add something. You know what Samus needs? <laughs> Legos. Legos. <laughs> God, I hope not, but I wouldn't be surprised. I'll just be honest with you. Uh, next up, also tangentially related to Nintendo, uh, this past week there was a clone of The Last of Us called mm. The Last Hope on the Switch eShop. And it the thumbnail for it was literally the key art from yeah. The Last of Us with just hand-drawn like (laughs) it was it was a a little obvious it was one of the most blatant rip-offs of a video game i have ever seen and i have been in the dregs of steam where people create these games in two days that are supposed to mimic some big popular thing that's a cottage industry in gaming right now Mm. i've never seen someone try to rip off blatantly a high-profile game like this and of course it was a piece of trash it was a terrible game the irony here though is that playstation reached out to nintendo and Nintendo obliged and took it down after okaying the game onto the eShop. That's a strange dynamic there. Like, I don't think there's a lot of vetting happening over there for what goes up on the eShop. The eShop is a disaster. It's an absolute nightmare. Why have, has Nintendo allowed this to happen? I don't know. Like, who is there? I don't know. If you let me ask one question of, a, like, the top Nintendo people, like, of, like, and, like, they're not allowed to lie to me, that would be the question. What did you, what are you doing with the e? Why is why is the eShop full of porn and shovelware? And consequently, that's also why it runs like dog crap. Yeah. Because it's trying to fo- filter through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of crap yeah. games. And they come I, I just trying to find something that came out last week. Like there's already fifty oh, games. Fifty games came out this week, and it's all shit you've never heard of and will never hear of again. It's insane. It's unbelievable. It's all mobile ports of crap, and I really feel bad for like these Nintendo-centric fan sites because we curate and we see everything, and they're covering this stuff. Yeah, they are diving into this eShop, playing like these god-awful a, games. At this point, you could actually do a top ten eShop games with hentai in the title. Yeah, like you're it's, right. it's insane. Yeah, this is the company that used to not let you put crosses in the games. I know it's so. What bizarre. is happening? But you know what the same thing's kind of happening on the at playstation too sure but playstation never pushed itself as family friendly right. like curated nintendo seal quality but shit. there's a metric ton of shovelware on the playstation store too it's oh yeah it's so bad but playstation's better about forefronting yeah. the, the actual games well also it's... its store runs like grease lightning right so <laughs> they figured that part of it out at least well in part it's because you're not stuck on wi-fi right but like yeah uh, it's it's terrible, but like I mean, at least they took it down. And it's it's it's, it's funny to me that like you know, Sony I believe still has Legend of Black Tiger up, right? <laughs> Which it's still is there, as bad if not worse than this Last of Us ripoff. Are you surprised yeah. that Nintendo obliged and took it down? Well, I'm a little, little bit. bit, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I mean, I'm not in the sense that I would expect I would expect them to say no, but more like I would expect them to just not respond. Mm-hmm. You know, like doing their own thing yeah i mean look it's our business we can choose what we want to put on yeah, our I mean, platform it's not, i mean it's, it was gross but it's not like it, it, it wasn't not illegal actually illegal you can't copy i mean it wasn't even a, it didn't even play like last of us mm-hmm. it was just like a run around hit zombies in a street thing mm-hmm. it just the key art it was just the thumbnail like yeah. last of us <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I am surprised Nintendo took it down at Sony's behest. Um, but it does feel like things are different from how they used to be. It feels like the big three all play nice with each other now. More so than, it feels than like it's a friendly to, yeah. competition instead of like an angry competition. Yeah, I think there's less of that between Microsoft and Sony, but like, although, yeah, yeah I mean, why, why, who cares about, I mean, why would either of them be, be competitive or weird to Nintendo? Nintendo's not in their arena. It's, they're, it is in its own lane. They're not really the competitors yeah. anymore. But anyway. The other thing, to t- the reason to really play nice on The Last of Us stuff is that The Last of Us uh, is so high profile now. Mm-hmm. Um, with the TV show the and TV everything. Show. Like yeah. so many people know what that is now that haven't even touched the game. That's a good point. It has extended outside of video yeah. games. The argument you could have made, I don't know what they said to Nintendo, but the argument I would make to Nintendo is like, you're going to get a bunch of people that don't know shit about shit that have seen the show and they think this is that show mm-hmm. and they're going to associate that with our brand. And if they start doing that, then we have to take action to protect our brand. Yeah, they and, could have just threatened Nintendo. It's like, look, we want to play nice now, but yeah, if, if you don't want to drag this through litigation, then take yeah. it down and that may maybe can convinced and forced yeah, Nintendo and I think that, I think the argument I just said like that is a convincing uh, grounds for litigation mm-hmm. like it's not it wasn't like it wouldn't have been like an empty threat it would have been like that really is a place because of the popularity and, and breadth of Switch's audience that is a place where people that don't know any better could have discovered this thing and thought it was real well my guess is Nintendo said the game has sold 10,000 copies we've yeah, made it doesn't matter we've made two dollars off of each one of them yeah you're not asking them to take down Mario no you know, it's, it's, <laughs> they're like you know the cost benefit analysis versus us having to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on our lawyers to fight this in court right. not worth it for an asset flip yep. like it doesn't not yeah, worth it doesn't it. make any sense yep. Uh, next up, got some news on Death Stranding too, but not stuff that we wanted, which might be an update on the game because right now all we have is this trailer. Um, but Kojima has shared this week that because of COVID, he went back and completely rewrote the script for Death Stranding Two. Um, he said because of the whole game is about connections and connecting with other people, and because COVID forced everybody to not be able to connect or connect via stuff like Zoom and Skype that he felt that the game had lost its relevancy and he needed to find a different angle for Death Stranding 2. So that just tells me that Death Stranding 2 is going to be played entirely on Zoom. (laughs) You're going to have to join Zoom to play (laughs) Death Stranding 2. Most of Death Stranding 2 is just going to be a Kodak conversation. Yeah. Uh, This is a little surprising to me because I figured that they were beyond pre-production for this game and that rewriting the script during COVID probably was not a feasible idea, but apparently not. This game may be further out than we think. Don't forget, the first Death Stranding is now like four years old. So we're kind of due for Death well, Stranding like, 2 already. Like 2020, right? Uh, I think it was 2019, wasn't it? Death Stranding? I thought so. I can check quick. I don't think so. I feel like that was 2020. I, I feel like I remember that in, in, uh, in Plague Times. Yeah. 2019? I thought it was. I don't know. Late 2019, Barry Gooster says, Toast 9 2019. That made a huge impression on me, clearly. Yeah, (laughs) on both of us. So we're kind of getting to the point here where it's almost four years. Like, the game probably should be about ready for release, but if he completely rewrote the script... the first one got made in a reasonable amount of time. Let's not ask for miracles. That's true, actually. Yeah. They got... And and they had to start a studio to make the game. Yeah. And all that. So you're right. Probably two and a half years of development. Which would make you think that Death Stranding 2 should be here by now, but... Well, not if he's going to reinvent it again. Yeah. Which, I mean, we imagine he was going to, because you can't really do that again. Well, in the meantime, you know, you put your game for sale on PC, that little more revenue comes in yeah, from that, it's enough to keep cut, you going. Like, you know, it's, it's still stuff coming in. Kojima knows how to work it. Like, he, sure. he, knows, he knows how to keep the revenue coming in. 
Um, and so, yeah, I would not count on seeing Death Stranding 2 in the near future. Again, we only have this one trailer so far, which is a good hint that it's not that far along. I would guess probably by the end of this year, though, the marketing should start picking up. Like, I think it'll probably be released Maybe. next year. Maybe. We'll like see, late next we'll year. See what, we'll see what shows up at the Game Awards. That's your real canary yep. in the coal mine. <laughs> Jeff Keighley's show. Then you'll know. <laughs> Anything that Keighley does, that's when, how you know what Kojima's up to. Because either he's going to show up or he's not based upon what he is up to. Uh, next, uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor is coming to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. All right. Which, you know, this was kind of heralded by Respawn and EA. It's like, this is our first next-gen-only game. This is us turning the page. We're not looking back. We're only going forward. But then, nope. they, figured, but then they figured out that Unreal scales, so why not? Yeah. Or do you think that this might be that the game hasn't sold as well as they had hoped? No, it sold very well. Did it? Yeah. It do you sold. have... I actually don't know the numbers on this at all. Do you know how many it sold? No. I don't either, actually. I not officially. I don't either. remember seeing it, which is but, uh, a red flag, by the way. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it didn't sell badly. I think it may have not have sold as much as the first one did in its early months, because mm-hmm. um, the first one blew up. Yeah, it did. Uh, this one had a lot of technical issues that, like, I think held people back, especially on PC and PlayStation. Well, this is the thing: is that it's still a disaster on PC, and they're moving. They didn't mm-hmm. mention anything about fixing the PC version or anything. They're just like, nope. Now we're releasing for these two new consoles and PC, PC version isn't important enough to do that with. Apparently, because PC stuff sells a third of what console does. It's honestly not financially reasonable to spend that much time trying to fix the PC version. And I say that as someone who would prefer to play the PC version. Yeah, with your beast of a rig, it's just not going to happen. And the main thing, like, look, the main thing they could do to fix most of this is to implement DLSS. Mm -hmm. But because it's AMD sponsored, they won't do that, which doesn't make any sense because plenty of games do both of those things. Well, my guess is eventually the, the deal runs out well already you've got fan mods that add dlss support <laughs> that's hilarious um, which actually do fix most of the problems like be- not because those problems aren't there anymore but because dlss is able to cover them up cinetike sh- says the last patch was may 17th mm-hmm. that's a long the time. last the last uh, performance related patch there have been more patches but they were like bug things yeah three um, months and the hitching's still there like it's still it still is not functional to the point that it should be but again a lot of that is the fact that dlss isn't in it Mm -hmm. dlss covers up a lot of flaws and it should be real you should learn something everyone should learn something from not us but like the people who make and publish games should learn something that if you're going to make that deal with amd fine but you have got to put dlss in there the vast majority has to be some kind of a caveat the vast majority of people play a game because AM, that doesn't happen with with Nvidia. Yeah, and uh, whatever that AMD's version of DLSS is always supported. I think uh, like nine times out of ten on Nvidia sponsored games. Like that cannot you cannot fuck over two thirds of the PC gaming population with this tech that's expected to be there now because it's the only way you get any of this shit to run smoothly. Um, it's it's just how it is. Yeah. So we'll see if they learn anything from that. In the meantime, there will probably be fan fan patches that basically you know bring it up to code more or less the irony is um, i played the ps5 version and had really no problems <laughs> like, no the, the console versions are fine it ran great for me yeah. yeah i had really no issues no bugs none of that kind of stuff i mean so. I, played, I played mostly the ps5 version and then i played about halfway through the game on pc and it's look it's playable mm-hmm. it's, you know it's not like it was at launch like it functions like but yeah the the game chugs on the on this planet uh it's in certain areas, um, there's slowdown where there shouldn't be. Um, 
it's not optimized to the degree that you would expect it to be even on you know really powerful systems and that's not acceptable yep. so uh, but again PC game PC versions of things just don't warrant the amount of of money to put in to fix them post post launch like it just doesn't happen. So do you think that it's better to not release it for PC at all or just put these gimped versions out there? I think it's better to include DLSS. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's the thing. Like if you had so DLSS, if it's your contract with AMD, you need a carve out to be like, "Look, okay, we're going to make a deal with you, but we need to work with this tech with Nvidia mm-hmm. because otherwise our whole project is doomed on PC." Yeah. And like, if you're gonna have something that's as CPU bound as so much of the this game is, like, you have to work on that before. I mean, I don't know what happens in there that you don't notice this, honestly, mm-hmm. because everybody has these problems. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, maybe you do hit a point where, like, well, we have to delay because, like, that's the thing. It's like I'm sure EA wouldn't allow them to delay the PC version to be because they don't care. Yeah. The PC version doesn't make them enough revenue to warrant that kind of attention. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. Um, I also like don't blame the developers for that. By the way, like that is just something that crops up, maybe something they didn't anticipate. But I guarantee you, it's EA not giving them time to fix it properly, or the money not to fix it properly. Not the developers like not caring about the PC audience. It's just a business reality. Yeah. Um, and then this morning there was a Pokemon presents um, that, that Nintendo. Oh right, that thing. And really, there wasn't that much news that came out of it. Um, Pokemon Stadium Two is now on Nintendo Switch Online. Um, the first DLC for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet comes out on September 14th. Um, and that's that DLC comes in parts. So the first part of DLC for Scarlet um, comes out on September 14th pretty soon. Um, and that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they, I think they shared there's a couple, they announced a couple new Pokemon today or whatever. But otherwise, it was not high stakes. Um, and then the final story for housekeeping in this episode is that... Um, are you familiar with a streamer named Kai Sinat? No. Me either. Well, now I am. But apparently he's bigger than God on Twitch. This is one of the .5 guy that's making mm-hmm. 76% that I have no idea who he is. Well, apparently he announced that he was going to give away PlayStation 5s in New York City and it caused like a riot. And now he may go to jail. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that there were laws that could pertain to that. Um, there, uh, Yeah, there's incitement to... I mean, it, it's... It's funny that they they're willing to slap that on him and not a certain other person who caused a very destructive gathering a couple years ago. Right, but, um, right. <laughs> Think about that. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. Maybe he should give away <laughs> PS5s at his rallies. There you go. He can get away with whatever. I'll get the kids in. <laughs> Young Republicans, they're so hip. Um, it's it, it's very weird. Um, yeah. Should also maybe tip you off about how desperate people are now in to, to do that over a $500 item that none of them I'm sure can afford. Otherwise. I mean, would you do that? Would you hop on the subway no. and go down to times square for a one in like 10,000 chance that you're going to get a free PS five, not a chance in hell. <laughs> I, I might go to watch yeah. that happen, <laughs> but I would not expect to be the person who gets the PS five and yeah. God help whoever wins that PS five and tries to get out of times square. With oh yeah. It. They'll murder, they'll murder you. Like, yeah. That's a lot of disappointed people. <laughs> you think uh, influencers are going to learn a lesson from Kai Sinat? No. I'm probably not even pronouncing his name right, and I apologize. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how it's Kai Sinat. Sinat? Sinat? Kinnat? Who knows? <laughs> Regardless, um, I guess he won't do this again, because he is in danger of going to jail over it. So, um, yeah, probably not the best idea. 
And did he end up even giving away any of the PS5s? As I read it, he didn't even show up. Oh, he never even showed I, up. I don't there? know if he was even there. I didn't. I wasn't clear on the details. I mean, that. the law there is because the the, fuzzy. Art, the article I read on that was really weird. It was uh-huh. it was AP or Reuters, I think, but it was very vague. About I saw what, videos of the people acting like idiots. They didn't, they like didn't idiots. even name him until like the second to last paragraph of the article. I'm like, who is this? Like, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, I wasn't. He was there apparently. Oh, he was there. Yeah, AJ the Legend Watson says he was there. Oh. They did, did he, did <laughs> Emperor he, addresses his name will soon be defendant. <laughs> did he not have the PS5? Like, what What happened? <laughs> Sneaky says all you Americans are mad. <laughs> what was he going to do? Just, like, throw the system out in the crowd and run? Like, yeah. I, very weird. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, something to not do. Although, I don't think anyone in our audience has to worry about getting 10,000 people to show up at Times Square with a tweet or whatever. Um, but, anyway, just something to keep in mind. Um and that's it for today's housekeeping. A little shorter than the last couple episodes, if you can believe it. I'm ready to kick off... A mere hour. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Uh, we're ready to kick off Game Phase 353 um, in earnest. But before that, here's a word from our awesome sponsor, LS Cream. LS Cream is a fine cream liqueur created by fellow gamer and sifter, Stevens Charles. It's inspired by an ancestral recipe from Haiti called Cray Mass, and a double gold winner for its original taste at the New York Wine and Spirit International Competition. Ellis Cream can be enjoyed on the rocks or as a mixer for drinks with its rich blend of fresh cream and neutral grain spirits with notes of coconut, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. It's great in coffee or to make espresso martinis. To learn more, discover amazing drink recipes, or to track down your own bottle using a handy store locator, head to creamls.com slash sifted. That's creamls.com slash sifted. As always, a gigantic thank you to LS Cream for sponsoring Game Face. Head to creamls.com slash sifted. It's an awesome website, and it's got everything there you need awesome recipes, where you can buy Ellis Cream. Get yourself a bottle or 10 right now. And with that, it's time to kick off Game Phase 353 proper, and we're going to start with, you guessed it, Baldur's Gate 3. Easily the biggest video game release of August. Um, as I said last mm. week, <laughs> it was nice to Early not access have... access on Starfield is technically August 31st. Is that true? Yeah. Nope. If you... If you buy the deluxe edition you can start playing on the 31st that's right that's the 35 dollars for five days thing or whatever yeah and like a watch yeah (laughs) (laughs) but technically its release date is next month Mm -hmm. and so the biggest game that has a technical release date of this month is baldur's gate 3 it is a from software fans are yeah yeah that's this is bigger than it's way bigger than than armor Core Core. 6 and it's odd that it is but it is yeah, these are not like previously not huge IPs, really. Yeah. Um, there's been a couple times when I've had to explain to some people what Baldur's Gate is, uh-huh. because Be- or like that, like this is not a sequel to the PlayStation games, right? Right. Like the 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 Diablo like yeah, action, yeah. action hack and slash games. Although, if you look at it, someone playing this, you might think you might that think that's... that. Yeah, but um, it's not like like a lot of people were surprised that I, that I know we got it. Were surprised that it was turn based. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Well, although some people who played the originals were surprised it was turn-based without real-time with pause, which right. is fair. Yeah, yep. And this is a turn-based RPG mm-hmm. um, set in the Dungeons & Dragons universe. I would argue maybe it's a strategy RPG. 
I mean, it's D and D. Yeah, is it? It is Dungeons and if Dragons. If you want to play D and D as a strategy RPG, you can. If you put it on tactician difficulty, it is. Yeah. So that's up to you. Yep. Matt and I have been playing this game. I honestly, I don't know how many hours I played it because my Steam count says almost thirty hours. My save says like seven hours. Well, I've re- had to reload and redo things so often that, like, yeah, I think I'm like ten hours in the game and twenty hours on the. On the Time counter? Yeah. Like, it's like... <laughs> um, and I think part of the reason that this is happening is because the game hasn't launched flawlessly. Although, a lot of it is flawless. Um, there are some have, parts I of it had, that are not. I have had almost no technical problems on yeah. the game. Just a couple of quest lines that... They don't dead end, but they get weird and, and confusing, and how to get out of them is sort of technical. A co- and one of them was something that I remember running into at the end of 20, like 2020 in early access. And it's astounding to me that they didn't either fix it well, or three years or of early access it. is insane, by the way. Um, <laughs> 2020 or 2020. I can't remember. I think it's been early access two years. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, there's a couple places where I'm just like, this is still like this. Interesting. Like, cause they did change a bunch of stuff. Like the, the intro section is much shorter than it used oh. to be. So it used to have a much longer stretch on the, the, uh, mind flare ship. Mm. At the beginning, it was an outdoor area and a whole fight on the top of the ship. And then you had to drop down and it was a whole very different. Now it's just like, get on with it. Like, so yep. it was probably a good change. But um, my problems are with saves. And we'll get to that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I found like characters standing in T poses and little stuff like that. Those little things like there was a scene where in the camp where there was a bunch of people in camp. And then when it cut to my character, there were all, all, the, all the people had turned invisible. But all their like tankards were still being drunk out of like moving up and down and being drunk out of. So there's little things like that. Um, considering the size and complexity of what they've made here, um, I'm kind of I'm okay. okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, the, pl- the plot of the game, as you just saw the opening uh, cutscene there, is you are on a ship with mind flares, and they are putting these tadpoles in people's eyes. And once that happens to you, you... You gain almost clairvoyance. You have the ability well, no, to. Normally, that doesn't happen. You just turn into a mind flare. Right. You have th- what's happening in this game is weird. That that you get like kind of clairvoyance and you can connect to the minds of other people with the tadpoles with the tadpoles in them. yeah you get like a whole skill tree out of it like it's and they talk about it in the game like that's not normally what happens when you get a mind flare parasite put in your brain yeah like it's it is, something weird is going on here and the objective of the game is you basically have a week to get the tadpole out of your head because you're told that Within around a week's time, if that tadpole stays in there, you will yeah. turn into a mind. Which place. is not true because it has been more than a week in my game, easily. Of real time? Yeah. In the game? I mean, I have definitely slept more than five days uh, at this point. I see long, what long rests are an overnight sleep. Right. And I have I've, not, actually. I've only slept, like, twice the whole time. No, I've slept several times. Oh, really? Sometimes in the middle of dungeons. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it was funny i'm like oh go back to camp okay and we literally set up a fucking campfire in the middle of the dungeon yeah i was like all right i guess we'll just do that here we're two rooms away from a yeah. bunch of goblins but yeah just sleep quiet nobody snore I guess. <laughs> and you're not the only one with the tadpole there you come across tons of other people yeah. in the world who also have the tadpole and then there's like these clairvoyance battles almost where you're both yeah. using your mind to like read each other's minds and like there are moments in the game where... <laughs> you almost literally made the guy from the D&D cartoon. Yeah. Um, there are moments um, in the game where the uh, where the other characters um, also use their tadpole abilities separate from you. Yeah, so- whoever you've got selected... Because like, there's a whole thing with the tadpole abilities. Like You can basically use them... 
to like read minds. But once you do it, that's a concentration spell. So like to keep that going, the character has to maintain concentration and you can lose concentration if you fail a concentration save, if you get hit or something violent happens to you or whatever, and then you can't reactivate that Illithid ability until after you've long rested. Yeah. But you can switch to another character and they can still do it. Yeah. So you kind of have four chances to, to use these abilities depending on who you're putting up in front as the kind of the, the speaker of the group. Yeah. Which is not something they really tell you. That's true. Yeah, the, the tadpole also acts as like this other persona in the game. So you have these mm. internal dialogues with you and this female voice, which I'm assuming is the tadpole talking no, or whatever. it's not. It's not? It's someone else. Okay. But they make it seem like, your commun- like those communications are happening because the tadpole is in your mind, in your head. I mean, I don't get that impression. Really? To me, that's to me. Early on, I thought that was like a DM. It, it felt like a narr is a narrator. Mm-hmm. The, the, the the subtitles say narrator. Mm-hmm. Um, but later on, it turns out to be somebody else. Okay. Um, but there is this internal dialogue that's constantly going on throughout the game, where you're talking with this voice in your head, and she's giving you insight into what's happening. She's giving you insight into what other people yeah, are well, thinking. She's giving, she's giving us insight. The character can't hear that. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, it's an internal dialogue. It's a narrator. The only no, you it's, hear. It's the narrator. Yeah, but the character hears it though. She doesn't. Well, he for me. But well, yeah, he does. Like he tell the the narrator tells the playable character. This is what they're thinking. This is the well, situation. The, the, this the, is the narr- how you should approach this. Well, no, the narrator is telling the player right. that, but right. not the character. Like you're, you're the, you're, the character can't hear that in universe. The, the, the narrator is imparting what your character is learning about things to you or how the character I feels thought the narrator you. was talking to the character no. internally. He, no. Because the, she's telling him what to do and what how to react to the people. That's that's basically an internal monologue, yeah, but the, the narrator is supposed to be someone talking to the player. Not Why to, does the narrator only talk when you're having an episode? Because you are her. You are that character. And the narrator doesn't always talk. But see, talk. my character's a The narrator guy. doesn't always talk when you're having an episode. The narrator Almost talks, always. No, the narrator talks when you examine something or make a skill check roll or realize that this badge is from the flaming heart of whatever from Baldur's Gate. Like, the narrator is the narrator. I did not... I don't feel like that at all. It's, I feel like it's an internal voice that has something to do with the tadpole. It is absolutely not related to the tadpole. Really? It's literally just the narrator of the story. Then that's a really weird fucking way to do it. And a bad way to do it. Because it confused not, have, the living crap out of I have not heard anyone say what you just said about that. Really? At, at all. No one Because that. I'll be honest with you. It seemed to me, like you pointed out examples. I don't remember those. Everything I remember, every time the narrator comes in, is when you're having one of those mental episodes with no, the blue the, lights the, and stuff. No, the, the, the narrator pops up every time you just need to know some information about the world. Okay. Well, I, I'm right. right, I promise. Like, that's what's <laughs> happening. If you examine an object... That is as, not what I got from the game If you examine anything with a skill-related lore or history or arcana or whatever about the magic mirror or whatever, the narrator is who tells you what you learn from that because it is, it is telling the player what the character is perceiving. And one of the things the character perceives is the pain or whatever from the tadpole in their head, so it is telling you what it feels like. Hmm. That's the purpose. It's the DM, basically. Weird. But there is an in-universe sort of revelation about that later. Maybe you're not... But because you haven't long rested enough. No. That's it. That's it. It's a dream thing. It's oh. a dream. There's a, there's a dream explanation for something that happens to have the same voice. Oh. Well, I don't know go. if it's supposed to literally be connected or not, but okay. I think it's... I have only slept twice in this whole game. And I did not even realize until I slept the first time that that was the only way you get your skills back, your spells yeah, back. Yeah, that's how you get your, all your abilities I back. didn't know that until I slept the first some time, stuff, and I was like, holy crap. Well, been- some stuff like comes back from a short rest, but for oh. like 
unless you're a warlock, you only get spell slots back by long resting. Yeah. Which and, is annoying. And that is hell. a pro tip, people. Like, I struggled through long parts of this game fighting without spells mm-hmm. because I didn't realize well, one, the only way. I thought, like, they were on cooldowns and, like, eventually they'd come back and they just never did. Well, and then I slept and I was like, holy crap, there they all are. Well, no, the um, this is a downside of playing with controller as well. Is it because if you hover the mouse over a bunch of those skills, it'll tell you uh, it'll come back after a short rest or a long rest. I only played with on the PC with a mouse and keyboard for this B-roll. So the first hour of the game or so, I played with a mouse and keyboard. I played the rest of this game on my couch with my Steam Link with a controller. And for the most part, it works fine. But there are some very specific things like that that are a problem on a controller. Also, Mm -hmm. targeting things. Like there's a scene early in the game where a potential party member is trapped in a cage hanging from a rope. Mm-hmm. And I was playing with a controller, and like if I had played with a mouse and keyboard for that section of the game, it would have highlighted that I had to shoot the bottom of her cage to get her well, out. No, it wouldn't have, because I'm playing with a mouse, and it didn't either. Oh, I only, okay. I only found that by <laughs> passing my mouse over it in a tiny, like three pixel section highlighted as the floor, and I'm uh-huh. like, oh, I can just shoot that. So I. But then I was hard. To, the camera in this game blows. It yeah. absolutely, like, I, I can't rotate it down enough to look at what I want to. I have to constantly move it around, like, see the thing I want to aim at. Like, I don't, li- I don't like how that works. With the controller, you can, with the right stick, you can only control panning of the camera right and left. You can't control it up and down. If you go up or up or down on the right stick, it pulls, it pulls in, in and out. out. Which does, like, if you're closer in, you can see up more, and further back, you see it points down more. But there is no way to really look around. I could never look at the bottom of the cage. And so I just left, and then she disappeared. So I lost the entire opportunity to add that character to I mean, my I, party. My guess is she will show up later. Maybe. Or maybe um, she's pissed off, and she's, like, wants to kill me. She's always pissed off. <laughs> that, that character is always... But literally, mad. maybe she tries to assassinate me later because I didn't help her out of the cage. Like, who knows? But that was a problem that arose only because... I was playing the game with a controller, and I had stopped playing with the mouse and keyboard. So there are some caveats to playing this game with a controller, though, for the most part, it does play fine. And when you play with a controller, instead of having this, like, kind of top-down isometric look like Diablo, Mm -hmm. it plays like a third-person action-adventure game. I've used a controller a little bit. I think the controller works better for running around exploring and looking at things. mm -hmm. Because you can see more detail. Yeah, it it feels more like a Dragon Age perspective. And Mm -hmm. then I think the mouse works better for combat. Although I do think it should have more modifiers for th- like, like every once in a while it's way too easy to accidentally click the ground instead of the enemy you yeah. want, and it's so you attack the ground and waste your turn, yep. and that can literally be lethal, life or death. Um, yeah. If the, if the dice go the wrong way for you, um, so I think I think why would I ever want to attack the ground without intentionally <laughs> doing so? Why don't you make that like hold a button to mm. modify it before I do that? And there's no way to take moves back. There's no way to like yep. undo things like that. So that's very frustrating, which is why. Uh, you have to constantly save in this game. There's, there's the splatter I was talking about earlier. Like you run into this girl, she's already got blood splattered on her face. Well, she's been busy. Yeah. Let's let's get back to the story though, because this is an RPG, and I just want to say the writing, the voice acting, the facial animation in this game is incredible. Mm-hmm. This may be the best facial animation I've ever seen in a video game, Matt. It is amazing. Like I don't know what tech. Larry and use. I don't know if it's proprietary. Whatever it did, it's incredible. Like, the character models in this tell the tale. You don't even have to hear what they're saying to know what's being said just by their facial expressions alone. Like, 
I have been blown away by this. And the writing and the voice, even the most bit characters, the voice acting is incredible. Like, yeah, production value is through the roof. Oh, man. Sure. Just ridiculous, like how good it is. And again, this is an RPG. It's supposed to be story driven, though. I would argue it's not all that story driven. Um, it's more exploration and combat driven. Yeah. It's, uh, it, you know, it's D&D. You don't get, like, really long-winded cinematics in this that go on for, like, 12 minutes or whatever. No, like once the, once the beginning happens, there's some good cinematics there. Mm-hmm. And, like, really between acts, there are yeah. significant There's cinematics. big breaks. But otherwise, for the most part, you're just seeing these incredible real-time facial animations. Mm-hmm. And the plot is still great. The decisions that you make, like, for some reason in this game, man, I have... It is hard to make a decision. So there's one scene where a kid tries to give me a ring. And he's like a little street ruffian. He's a swindler or whatever. I'm not worried about that part of it. I'm worried about like the ring has like a poison barb in it or what. Like I don't, he's trying to give me a free ring. I need a ring. I don't have a ring yet in my inventory that I can use for my inventory for my gear. I want that ring so damn bad. But I sit there for five minutes being like, if I got to put the ring on and it's going to poison me and it's going to kill me, does it have some like crazy incantation on it that later on I'm going to be in combat and I'm going to turn on my allies and kill my ally? Like my mind just whirs with decisions in this game. And a lot of it was because like some of the decisions that you make, you can't see the consequences coming at all. Like there's a lot of times where I just want to go back into an old save in this game because I don't like what happens. Mm-hmm. That I didn't feel like the game gave me enough clues to lead to tell me that like, hey, if you make this choice, this may head in, make send you down this path. Like oh, that happens constantly in this game. Like it's you can't see the path. No. Like and it, it's like thing, of, things will happen and you're like, oh, I guess I'll see this. It's like, oh, that that's not what would that seem to imply would be not at all. Like, it's, it's, it happens a lot, and it's like. On one hand, it's like, oh, I mean, it's very, it's it's very uh, uh, impressive the the scope and breadth of what happened. You know, like like that that scene you're talking about with the kid with the ring. Mm-hmm. Like, I I had to do that twice because I basically hit a part of the storyline that didn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, and then I I reloaded way back and had to redo a bunch of other stuff. And in the meantime, did that. And so. While you're, there's a bunch of things you can do. You can take the ring. You can refuse to take the ring. I took the ring, and because I had sleight of hand, duplicated the magic trick the kid did with the ring, mm. and, I, and I, pa- I passed that roll because mm-hmm. you're always rolling. Because you roll, that's constantly so that's roll die. Conversations, decision making. A lot of times you make a decision. You have to roll the dice before yeah. you have to actually... roll a die to see if you're allowed to do what you want. Right. Do, yeah. Which is stupid but it's but it is like, dungeons and dragons it is dungeons and dragons <laughs> and like that's part of the problem and we're gonna get to that yeah but uh so the first time i did that i did that and i failed a passive perception check while that was happening and i looked at the inventory of the shop the kid had and then it turned out i was pickpocketed uh-huh. and then i had to go on this whole thing to find where the you'd find the, the where the guy had gone and where my stuff see my went, i caught the pickpocket and um well that's what i'm saying it's like i did all that and find the thing i got there and then the conversation with the, the leader of the pickpockets dead ended and I couldn't do anything about it so I, oh. my my options were to sneak in and steal my stuff back which I did not have the ability to do because I don't have any stealth on my characters at this point 
Or I could murder all the children in the pickpocket <laughs> den and take my shit back, which was kind of out of character yeah. for me. And in the, in the end, it, as it related to something else, I had to reload a save and redo that whole section. And this time I passed that perception check. And instead of that, like, I, yeah, I caught the pickpocket and the whole quest changed. Like, oh. Suddenly I had an objective from the leader of the thing and I had to go do this other thing. But I couldn't do that because it was related to two other quests. And if I did that, I'd piss these people right. off. Like, the amount of, of variety in what can happen if a random dive check goes a different way is very impressive. Because it's all tangled together. All I don't even stuff. know where you begin designing I don't either. this stuff. Like it's the, pretty amazing. Like the, 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 the decision tree on this game must have been this, the whole building they yeah. were in. It's, it's amazing. I'm here just in time with the B-roll, leveling up for the first time. Leveling up in this game is interesting because you get your usual stat increases and whatever, but then you need to also decide things depending on the character and the character class. Sometimes you need to decide on, hey, I have two new spell slots. Which spells do I want to put into these slots? Sometimes it's like, here. These you need- are all the same choices you make leveling up in normal 5 edition. Yeah. edition yeah, I mean, it's Dungeons and Dragons. But it's out, to me, it's different from a lot of RPG video games. That's mm-hmm. typically not how you handle leveling up your characters. It's unique and different, and it allows you to really shape kind of not just the char- your main, the one that you typically play as, but also the rest of your party members, which, by the way, you can play as any of them at any time, and you can make them yeah. your main if you want to. Yeah, you can pick one of the pre-made characters as your main. Like, you do not have to create an original character. I don't know why you wouldn't. Yeah, but like, but I'm saying like once you're the out point in the is field, like, also you're kind of that also does mean that your character is going to be redundant at some point because you're going to get a character. You're probably going to pick up does, a paladin. Yeah, like I, I started as a paladin. Eventually, I'm going to come across a paladin who wants to join my party. But mm-hmm. right now, like I'm a paladin, I have a magic caster in my party. If I want to play with projectiles, I can just easily squeeze left trigger. And there's a little menu on the left-hand side there. You select which character you want to take over, and you take them over, and off you go. And then you're playing as that character, which is pretty slick. Um, Once you get into the menus, too, and you're looking at gear and things like that, that same interface on the left is there. Um, So, uh, again, if you're Mm. using a controller, you squeeze L2, you cycle up and down, you choose whatever you want, and that'll take you. Although I do think the inventory system sucks. I'd agree. Like, it's not granular enough. It's too confusing to know where things go. There's not enough ways to organize stuff. There's no simple, like, just sort things. Mm -hmm. There's no sorting. You can't sort things by power. You can sort things by weight, type, recency and value yeah and that's it yeah which is weird so if you're just looking at this big pile of stuff and you this inventory you do have a lot of stuff like trying to figure out like what do i have something that's better than what i have right now there's a weight limit but like you can carry a lot of stuff and anything you don't can't carry you can send directly back to your camp which is pretty great this is also a little bit like uh, Remnant 2 that I talked about in last week's show where you don't get a ton of, like, gear. Like, you're not constantly getting new swords or new shields. Or yeah, the, the loot kind of sucks. The loot sucks. Um, it's very slow. And the leveling up but is when you do find something, so slow. But when you do... Oh, well, yeah, I mean, that's, again, D&D. D&D, but, uh, yeah. The, the, and the other thing you run into on this especially is, like, in 5th edition, characters don't really start to feel like themselves until level five no okay level four some things but level five is where like level four helps because that's where you get your feet uh one of the one of your key feats usually or so, that's where your the spells really open up and you can cast seven slots you know that's pretty good mm-hmm. like yeah it gives you some variety um for like the the wizard and stuff but uh, and the cleric i think but like level five is where like when you're if you're a ranger level five is where you get your double attack mm-hmm. where you can attack twice in a round yeah which is amazing 
It takes um, a long time to get to level five in this level game. Level five is a <laughs> distant goal when you start thinking. But it's like you got to yeah. get there because that level five is basically where you, you know, in, if you're playing the pen and paper game, you're basically like once you're at level five, your character's level five, you can start doing the real shit. Yeah. Um, levels five through 12 are sort of the sweet spot of fifth edition D&D. Um, and in fact, a lot of DMs will start you with a fifth edition, fifth level character just to skip the bullshit. Yeah. Um, this game does not skip the bullshit. <laughs> it really doesn't. It is. It stays true to the source material. Yeah, this for this sure. game is here to do to simulate D and D as best it can, whether it makes any sense or not. Yeah. So the other thing too is about your party is like if you just play it organically, you end, you get a four member party within the first hour. Very quickly. I I mean I had five members plus you know, including my created mm-hmm. character. Yeah. I, very fast. Yeah. Within like so that a, within, part within it, two hours. Yeah. Like that you, part of it, the pace. You have a good. functional party, no matter which class you pick, you're gonna yeah. have a functional party very quickly. They're 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 good about. And that. the party members are eclectic. Like they really run. Yeah. Like I have and very few of them like each other. They all hate <laughs> each other. But like I have one who's like a crackhead, basically. He have you have to keep feeding him magical items to right, stay alive. Right. So every time you get like a relic, he's that, a high end crack. Yeah, he, he's high maintenance. Very, is what very, yeah, very expensive. Because the stuff you habit. have to give him, it costs a lot of. It's worth a lot of money. Like and you I don't had, find that stuff too often. Yeah, either. because here's the thing: I didn't have a helm. Like I finally find a helm, and like <laughs> ten minutes later, he's like, "I need the helm, bro, <laughs> or I'll die." And I had to give him my only helm that I had. I'm like, and he like absorbed it or what? I'm like, "F you, dude!" Like it took me like fifteen hours to get that stupid ass helm. Like, but he he's a crackhead. You have to keep feeding him magical items to keep him alive. And then there's a vampire that you discover eventually that's in your party. And, like, he wants to suck your blood to stay alive. And you have to make a decision on whether you let him to keep feeding off of you throughout the entire game. Or he has to go out and, like, kill animals or whatever. I chose the animal route. I'm like, dude, you're not sucking my blood every, like, night. (laughs) I did let him suck my blood the first time. Oh, really? And he killed me. Oh, he did? But the game just continues. Like, you didn't die? No, I'm dead. My character was dead, but it was like the game just went on. What? I could just keep playing without my character. Oh, wait. Your character was gone, though. Dead. Oh, okay. I could resurrect her if I had a scroll of revival or something. Uh-huh. But like, and no one really cared. <laughs> I didn't become a vampire. Like, no one, like, really reacted being like, oh, there's a vampire. And I guess weird. Yeah. Oh, I told him no. I was you like, no, no, you... you tell him no, and like he just goes kills a deer. Aha! I think you find the dead animal later. Well, he cries about it. Yeah, he's not happy about it, but I don't like him anyway, so I don't care. Yeah. He's... <laughs> he's not very. You're also free. Good to, in you're combat. also free to just kill him if right. you want. Like yeah. you can kill. He's a you vampire. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Do you, you, one of the options is kill him. Like you can totally kill him yeah. and fight him. Fight him and kill him if you want to. Like, and that's where this game I think is awesome. Like. I've not played enough of it yet to know whether all this stuff is going to pay off. But if even half of it does, holy crap. Because to your point earlier, it's like the tendrils of like these other quests lapping, overlapping with a quest that you're on and like how the dominoes are going to fall. And that's going to affect. It's like, again, like every decision I make in this, it's like my mind just goes into like overdrive and steam comes out of my ears. Because I'm like, what is this going to impact on down the road? And eventually I just have to give up. I'm just like, you know yeah. what? Screw it. Right. Like, At a certain point, you just have to kind of like go through, do your best, play your character as best you think that character would behave. Yeah. And hope that it turns out. Except that there's four million die D20 rolls between you and playing your character the way you want to play them. Yeah. Which is the biggest problem for the game. Yeah. Because there's not really freedom in this game so much as there's random. Yeah. And there's a lot of random in this. And I have reloaded a save. I have probably loaded saves on this game more than the last four RPGs I've played combined. Me too. Um, And I save 
all you the have time. to the auto saves are not sufficient in this oh i got burned my um, manual save got corrupted i lost like four hours of progress on my manual save yeah it's um i, I saved the game i haven't i don't even know how that would happen I don't that's either. a remarkable bug i saved the game shut it down ate lunch came back to start playing again and there was a huge update this was on sunday Mm-hmm. And it was gigantic. It took like an hour just to download the update. When the update downloaded and installed and I started again, I loaded up my manual save and I had lost four hours of progress off my manual save. Mm-hmm. And then I started, I was like, oh crap. So I started going through the quick saves and they were all saved at the same point. All my quick saves and my manual saves started at that same place. And That's I had to play. Very weird. It is weird. I had to play it all over again. Hmm. So that's something to keep in mind. Now I'll say this, since that update on Sunday... I've had no problems. I have I made back my progress. I've continued to make new progress, and I have not lost any of it. So maybe they fixed it with that big patch. I don't know. But I haven't had the issue since. But I did have to replay about four hours of this game, which I was not a fan of. Although, it did give me an opportunity to go back and try some of the choice-based stuff and see the other outcomes. And I was blown away by what the other outcomes were. I was like, wow, you guys went all in on that. Like... That's how this game is. Like, it's the stuff, like, you think, oh, I'm going to try this, or I'm going to try that, and it's probably not going to, and it does do something. Like, it does yeah, have it a ripple effect. It does do something. It's just, so, like, I, I mean, it, it, part of the issue here for me is that I hate dice. I hate dice with no mitigation factor. <laughs> yeah. I hate randomness when yeah. it comes to trying to role play something. Vince is asking if we're and playing with karmic rolls on. Of course I am. What do you think I am, a rookie? What does that mean? That means that theoretically, it's an option you check in the in the game, in the options that theoretically makes it so the dice won't roll bad for you repeatedly. Oh, I so, don't think I turned that so on if you're or doing, off. If you've rolled bad thing, it's on by default. Okay. If you roll things bad, it won't. That's not true. It's supposed I to have, replicate the DM, I guess. Sort of, yeah. But I have I have had my character miss nine times in a row in in combat. <laughs> um, <laughs> I critical I critically miss in this game more often than I than everyone else in the game, including the enemy's critical hits. Oh, I've missed like at least double the amount that I've landed a critical hit. At least double. It's remarkably dumb. <laughs> um, but here's it, the it's, thing, it's, Matt. It's, it's it very, is D and D. It is, and that's the problem. Yeah. Is <laughs> so the problem here for me is that like this applies to combat, applies to the 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 you know the, the skill checks with like dialogue and stuff. Um, I'm trying to role play this character. I shouldn't have to roll a die to see if I know an arcana thing that's my specialization and yeah. then I just don't. And the problem is if you're playing a pan, like a tabletop D&D, the DM, especially in modern D- Dungeons and Dragons, is going to fudge, either fudge that a little bit or still give you kind of the tidbit from the failed roll that you maybe need to kind of figure things out differently. Mm-hmm. This game feels like it gates things out much more yeah. directly because it's a computer. It doesn't have the ability to really do Playing it has the, no feelings. To me, playing this game is like playing a really good D&D module with the biggest asshole rules lawyer DM you've ever met. And it breaks the fun of it. Yeah. Me. I'll I, be honest with you. I'm, I'm, so I'll just say it right now. I don't like this game very much. Yeah, I'm surprised I, by that. It, this is one of the biggest disappointments I've ever had in a video game. I'm, I'm surprised I to hear that. I don't like how much randomness is in it. I feel it like it, really I feel random. like it doesn't... It simulates the 
page rules of D&D without creating the phenomenon and the feeling of playing D&D. Well, it's it like, feels exactly like what it was like to play D&D oh, it's like playing with when your, I was eight years yeah, old. Yeah, it's like playing with your asshole friends who won't deviate from the rules in second edition back in 1984. Yeah, like, if you, yeah maybe if you're a Stranger Things fan. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it's like. I mean, that's when I played but, like, D&D, honestly. But and I it, feel that's like... That's the way it was. But like, I constantly feel like the dice are in the way of me enjoying and exploring the story. Yeah. And I hate that. I agree with it. I agree um, with that. And... Because of that, I'm constantly save scumming and reloading to see what the other option would be if I didn't fail that. And sometimes I'm like, no, I'd rather fail that because <laughs> this is the more. But there's no way to tell until it happens. And it's just I, 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 I my actual playtime in the story is half of my playtime of the game because I have to keep redoing things because I'm not yeah. happy how they turn out or because that's not what I thought I was choosing when I chose it. Or I chose it and the dice didn't roll. I ran out of inspirations or thieves tools or whatever the fuck I needed to like fix that. And, I, you know. I rolled the the three the three numbers I should I, I that would have made me fail uh, to know what the magic thing was even though that's my whole specialty as a character what did I even build the character for that way otherwise mm -hmm. like it it's and and I've seen people I, I didn't think of this before uh, before I read it but I saw people say it's it's much more like divinity original sin in a mm. weird way because those games also rely on dice checks to basically decide everything including who wins an argument oh, between your characters yeah. sometimes and that's something it's like how that game is built but it's not really it kind of misses the spirit of how DD is played today which is basically house ruled within an inch of its life for the group that's playing it yeah which means that what i'm probably going to do is mod this thing to death <laughs> and have no guilt over it no at all. i don't yeah. i will i will slap a god <laughs> mode on this thing and never look look twice no not even a little bit like i do not care like if i i'm like building up this strat and trying to put you over here and you're gonna go over here you're gonna hit this you have an 85 percent chance to hit this thing and you know you don't what am i doing what is this xcom like it, because XCOM is less frustrating than this. Sometimes. I would argue that me, the combat should be more like XCOM and less like this game. It took me four hours to save my scum, save scum my way out of a goblin stronghold at one point. Because I had no choice. I'd run out of, like, options to, to convince someone. The last save was two hours ago. Yeah. And, like, I was just like, I don't know what else to do. So I'm just going to keep reloading the save until I win the fight. I got, caught what in, I, did. I got caught in a save loop. A battle started. I did not realize that it was going to be impossible. And I saved as soon as the battle started. And as it turns out, I had no chance of winning the battle at all. And I couldn't run away. Because yeah. you cannot run away in this game. Meaning, there is no like option that you can select and click to run away from a battle. You can try to run out of the battle area. That has worked for me like once. Yeah, like, that, I tried that once because I was in a dungeon, and at the end of the dungeon, suddenly three enemies double my party's level showed up, and you can't fight that. Yeah. So, and, and they even popped up a thing that said like, "You, you can run, <laughs> like you can get out of the area and escape the enemies if you need to flee." So everybody ran for the ladder at the like two rooms up. They're getting you know hit in the back the whole and hit, time, you know, the whole yeah. time. And I get three guys up the ladder, and the last character doesn't quite have enough action points to get or, or movement point to get up the ladder to interact with the ladder, and she gets hit. Twice goes down, gets hit a third time, and dies. Yeah, dead. Like, and Stuff I can't like send happens. anybody back. So yeah. I just reloaded at the because you know, the last save was at the beginning of the dungeon. I was trapped though. My manual save was in that battle. Yeah, it's it's not very good there's quirky stuff like that that happens and like this. it's interesting to me that because I'm, I'm gonna be interested to see especially when it hits console how many people are gonna be like super excited and buy this thing and not realize what it is yeah because this ain't dragon age people. it's D D. it's D D. like for, for better all or the worse. good and bad yeah exactly for all the better and worse 
It took D- me back. It's D and D with no mercy. Is what it's, it is. But that's how I, when I played D and D. Right. So. But that's why D and D is popular Has now because people stopped <laughs> playing it like that. Right. Well, that's why I stopped playing it. I played D and D from like eight to like ten or eleven. And then I got sick of it. Like, you're right. Like, if you have a jerk dungeon master who has a grudge against you, maybe you beat him in basketball yesterday. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, when you're eight or eight years old, that's the type of stuff that determines whether mm-hmm. people treat you like crap. So I would beat some guy in basketball. The next day, I'm sitting at his table playing D&D, and he's like, nope, here's this demon-esque princess with mm-hmm. nine million points, and she looks at you, and you die, and your character is dead forever. Like, I got tired of that crap. Or just the rolls. Like, oh, my God, I only need to roll a five or higher, and I roll a three. And then my character's dead. This character that I've been building for, Mm -hmm. like, two years, and I drew the crest for and, like, had this tattered piece of paper that I carried to my friend's house every weekend to play. Like, this game took me back to all of that. And for a moment, it was awesome. Mm -hmm. To just be taken back to that moment in time when you're a child and you're just so innocent and, like... I just, for a moment, I was sitting at that table with my friend Scott Simpson and Darren Haddix, all the people I played D&D with, and then the game kept going. And the nostalgia wore off, and I'm like, this is just the way this game is. And then it reminded me of why I quit playing D&D when I was 10 or 11 years old and never went back. Mm. I'll say this, Matt, hearing from you that it has evolved over time and DMs have learned to be human beings... Oh yeah! It actually attracts me to kind of think about playing it again. Like, oh yeah! I, it's, if it's it, a, it's, and Five E is a very different experience. It's much less. I mean, Five E is more forgiving, even more than. I mean, there's no Thaco, there's no any of that weird shit. But it, you're incur- It's all and it's all centered on the D twenty. Obviously, mm-hmm. the D twenty is called the D twenty system yeah. for a reason. Um, but again, most DMs are not going to make you roll a D twenty for every single conversation Little, choice you make yeah. with any. It's overkill. Like, you got to do it. You do it for like big stuff or things. Yeah. That, but otherwise, you sort of let it ride. And this game doesn't do that. And I think it goes too far with. Yeah, it. Yeah, the dice pop up all Constantly. the time. Like I'll say one thing: this and you can only hold four inspirations, right. which are your re rolls. So it's yep. like one of the first. I noticed one of the first mods that went up for this game is something that removes the inspiration limit because that's the first thing everybody like. They want to be able because yeah. every time basically inspirations are things where if you do something that makes your different character classes happy or like you know fits their character class really well, you'll get an inspiration for like you know doing something soldier like or mm-hmm. like that, that kind of. If you're a soldier or if you're doing something like my my character has a noble background, so if I do something that is something like a noble would do, although it's funny because like a lot of times it's like oh you are magnanimous, but it's like really like shouldn't it be like if you're an asshole to a peasant? Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's yeah. not what happens. Yeah, uh, so you get an inspiration which lets you re-roll a d20 check. Okay. Um, but like, which is another thing, it doesn't really explain to you very well. Yeah, I mean, you, there's a lot of stuff it doesn't explain. It simulates D and D's five edition rules very well, but it does not explain them very well. And I feel like if you don't, you do not need to play Baldur's Gate one and two to understand this game at all. Like, it, it yeah. takes place a hundred years after Baldur's yeah, Gate two. It's a standalone. 2. It has story. nothing to do with anything. Yeah. It's you're fine. It, there's an argument to be made. It should only, it shouldn't even be called Baldur's Gate three. But again, you want to call Baldur's Gate three because for it's, obvious reasons, yeah, it's yeah. cachet because yeah. one and two are considered two of the best games in the genre. Mm-hmm. But like, um, if you don't know D and D five fifth edition, you're gonna struggle in some places because it really seems to assume you that know you some do things. Know. Yeah, um, which is weird because 
I'm sure there's a lot of crossover. I, I do know fifth edition pretty well, but even in this, I'm just like, oh, we never played with it like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like there's a lot of stuff that we just like didn't use because it's annoying. Yeah. Um. Thank God it doesn't use limited arrows. Yeah. There are some other quirks too about this. Like some of the auto saves are kind of brutal, man. Like if you die, oh, you better be quick saving constantly. You gotta thing. go way back sometimes. And I'll tell you that like the auto saves are not reliable sufficient yeah. like hard saves quick saves constant all yeah. every time before you do anything basically yeah especially before you have a fight it, it does tend to auto save before a big fight like, although that's kind of a spoiler because sometimes you see it auto save like, well you, i something's guess something's gonna, gonna happen, happen you know yeah it was auto saving constantly it would be a little less issue but all, all the other thing i'll say is like when this ps5 version comes out i hope they're leveraging that hard drive that uh, solid state drive because yeah. the load times on this are going to be a nightmare if you're playing this on console and it's not up to snuff yeah there was one time that no i wonder this requires an ssd yeah there was one time where i went in, although i'm playing it on a mechanical hard drive with very you're having problems. a pretty decent performance yes. time with a very old rig, rig. Yeah. It's, it's amazing what this game does with my rig that's a good point if you're if you're looking at this for pc and you're like oh my computer's too old but it probably isn't too old. no this all this b-roll is running on my old computer that i built when i launched sifted like seven or eight years ago yeah this is an old this is like a witcher 3 era yeah. pc and i went and looked at matt's pc today when i got here to see how much better it looked and it does look better and he has state-of-the-art bleeding edge mm -hmm. rig but not that much better. This game looks and runs great on almost any rake. Kevin Roth is asking a good question. How is the how are the dice rolls different than Disco Elysium? Uh, the dice rolls in Disco Elysium are not success and failure so much as they are different takes on a, on the same thing. Shades. The yeah, like this, failing a roll in Disco Elysium is entertaining mm -hmm. because it goes a w direction you didn't expect and it's all <laughs> here driven you by just that. die <laughs> here you, you you just don't get to do what you want to do right yeah like it's like it's like it, at disco elysium you might fail some check and like you say something like are you crazy we're not going to do that and you're like but i am a superstar and like that it, it, it builds to this like thing that, that's the entertainment section of the game yeah whereas if you fail a check like that and this sometimes like it's like i don't believe that you're not coming in here yeah and that's it and you're like now what because yeah. i can't pick the other options now and so I guess I got to go find another way in. And it's like, why don't you just let me fucking say what I want the character to say? And it's, you know, there's a couple of people I showed this to. They're like, it's weird that the character doesn't talk. Yeah, silent. She 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 has. I mean, she talks when you like look at things. She's a little like combat. Mm -hmm. But in the dialogue, in conversations, they don't. The they don't say anything. Doesn't talk. Yeah. And and I notice eventually I'm like, oh, it's because when I you fail like a lore check for like an Arcana conversation thing. Otherwise, they'd have to make up some your character saying something incredibly stupid that doesn't mm -hmm. convince someone. So you have to yeah. imagine in your head that this dialogue that's all driven by dice stuff is that's why you can do that in a Bioware game because it's just like you either can or cannot say this thing yeah. based on your skill already. Yeah. Whereas this, like, role, like, how would you every single dialogue choice involving this? would have to then well, look i failed there you failed that yeah all i needed was a seven <laughs> i saw some so that the guy in that portal is actually important um i saw somebody who was like who didn't manage to succeed to pull it out for like 40 hours really like he didn't get that character to like he was like wow he was like level 10 oh or my something. god that's crazy so that, so the, uh, that's why i think the character you missed in the cage is probably out there somewhere yeah. and will join you Eventually. at some point because they do tend to just make it see like it'd be like a, in that kind of important stuff like that like that but like little dialogue choices i'm like my character would know that well look they make me roll they don't let me roll again but they bump the number up i need to hit and this time i hit it no problem yeah <laughs> this is the you're seeing right now the randomness that we're talking about with this game 
But I'm lucky that they let me try it again. Oh, yeah. And I don't, I do not find that entertaining. Yeah. Um, It's just all luck. Also, the die roll, there's no way to speed that dice roll up. Nope. So you know. Like, yeah. You have to sit through that whole thing, and then it does the thing, and then it, even if you don't have bonuses to add, it still takes the time that it would normally take to add. There just nothing happens. Yeah. And then the success or failure thing comes up, and you click the button. Um, Presentation it, in this game. Early on, you're awesome. like, oh, wow, that's really cool that that's a way that you're simulating that because that's how D&D works. And I mean, like five hours in, you're like, okay, that's enough. Like, this happens way too much. Yeah. Like, way too much of what happens in the game and in the story is determined by random digital dice rolls. Again, I don't trust digital dice at all. Yeah. Because they're not you? real. Like, <laughs> why would you? Like, if you yeah. were, like, I would trust more if you had a webcam and I rolled an actual <laughs> yeah, D20. Like, right. And then it, like, told me, I was like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but the production values in this are great. The graphics are great. The, as I said earlier, the voice acting is incredible. The facial animation is, is incredible. The mm. music is awesome. And I'm not just yeah. saying that because one of the people who made the music in this game is probably on our stream right now. Uh, Sound Wizard's in there. Sound Wizard, I think he's in our chat. He worked on the audio in this game, and it is yeah. great. No, like he, Him and his crew did an awesome you can, job. You cannot fault any of the presentation in this game. Like The audio visual is amazing. Like, this, is, this is the best-looking, best-sounding, best basically everything D&D game ever made ever like Easily. this yeah. look i don't i don't actually like the amount of randomness in this game it it actually kind of ruins it for me um i don't dislike it i don't think it's a bad game because of it it's just it's just not for me in that regard and i'm going to mm-hmm. have to model a lot of it out to make it enjoyable to me mm-hmm. um but this is the best representation of Dungeons and Dragons has ever been put in a video game. And the thing like, is, without any it question, is, it totally the freaking line. Yeah, it's, it is D and D one hundred percent. It does yeah, not is, pull any punches. This is, like, I would say it's D and D in a box, except it doesn't come in a box. There's no right. physical edition. Physical edition of it yet. Um, <laughs> yeah. But no, this is this is Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. One hundred percent. Like, and with all the bad and good Love that it, or it hate comes it. with. Yeah. Um, and it is it is an achievement. Like, it is a stunning achievement. It really it is, is, man. Absolutely. Like, there's some, this game has blown my mind. I don't even know how many times in the last like five six days. Like, yeah. just moments you're just like, really? Like, oh, that's like, there. Like, wow. Look at that. <laughs> it's crazy. There's like, mo- there's things like, there's things like you open a door in this game, you know what the fuck you're gonna find. Yeah, and it's amazing. Or like, you just walk through like I, a threshold into a little village. It's and like it's also amazing how what's like it's gonna happen. Like I played because I did I, one of the other reasons like I have longer play time is uh, I started like four different characters and different uh. classes to kind of go through the beginning and see how it felt and like, mm-hmm. see what I, I settled on a warlock. Eventually, but the other thing I'm impressed by is just how often your class matters, and it's not in the sense of like, oh, if you're a paladin, you or a, or a whatever, you get to have this conversation. If you weren't a paladin, it's that they figured out a way for every class to have some unique interaction with like um, almost like I'd say a third of the conversations. Yeah, this it's pretty and amazing. it's remarkable. And they'll be denoted with like, yeah, it'll say warlock in brackets or like yeah. whatever you're using. It'll tell yeah. you what your skill or, or ability and you, is. You're more likely. And you at can least sh- it makes you think you're more likely to have success by using the paladin. Like I'm a paladin. Generally, so yeah. use the paladin. Yeah, you got to remember your skills because like if it, like I will I will usually have like intelligence, strength, or wisdom, and I have to, or charisma, and I have to remember that as a, as a warlock I've very high charisma and i have high intelligence my strength's not very good yeah. so i probably don't want to pick the strength option right. because yeah. the difficulty for that will be higher yeah yeah um so like that's and you know i've had difficulty checks and i've reloaded just to see sometimes my strength difficulty check is a difficulty 15 after all 15 or higher yeah and i have a minus one modifier because my strength is like eight yeah whereas if i picked intelligence the difficulty is five yeah and i have a i have five you got to pay you know, bonuses yeah. so that means you can't fail yeah che- well you can because a one is an automatic failure yeah no yeah 
But my biggest complaint with the game is the combat. Like I just mm-hmm. like I would if they had just swapped this out for XCOM, I'd be so much happier because everything is just so ambiguous. Again, you're right. Playing with the mouse and keyboard makes it better because you have the top-down view. It's easier to see the angles of whether like your projectile attacks are going to land or not. Mm-hmm. But there's no like grid. There's no way to know exactly how many steps like you can take. Exactly how many steps the enemy can take. So it's hard to plan on like okay. I'm not going to be able to reach him in this turn, but if I take three steps, that means he can take his 15. I'll still be in range, but he can't get to me. Like, you can't do those calculations in this game. At least I haven't figured out a way to do it. You, are you Someone who knows the way 5th edition works inside and out probably could. Yeah. I am not that person. I can't figure it out. Um, so I'm just I am feel constantly like, surprised by what the enemies can do. I'm like, yeah. oh, you can that enemy can dash and still attack at yeah. the end oh, of the day. They'll like power okay. themselves up, and they'll run like a mile. and like just. I've had half my shot. party downed in one turn yeah. before they even got to move. Yeah. Like it's hard it's, to. It's my biggest complaint with the game. I I feel like to your point, there's way too much luck and randomness involved with the combat mm-hmm. in this, and it's a big part of the game. It's yeah. not like you get in a skirmish once every forty five minutes. Like it's continual. Yeah. And if you miss an attack, like you're done. That could be the end of it. Like, yeah. you, that that and you know you here's my you know and I'll charge up my you know I have that the the fighter that I got from the cage. Mm-hmm. I will charge her. She's got you know I she has like stuff that lets her like raise basically the likelihood of hitting on her next hit and she's got like advantages in that and I will charge that up. I've charged that up to be 95% to hit and I've critically missed. And then one time there was a character, there's an enemy. Well, she was an enemy, but she was going to be an enemy. Mm-hmm. So I'm like I'm going to try to kill her as fast as I can so she can't call for help and ruin this whole thing. Yeah. Right? So I charge up uh Laziel, the 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 Githyanki fighter. 85% hit chance. Out of out of surprise attack, mm-hmm. critical miss, reload save, critical miss, reload save, critical miss, reload save, critical miss, reload save. Finally, she hits, and I'm just like, what? I was, I was, re- I, oh, yeah. it's just. I I mean, I've had moments like that in this game for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's just like at one point, what was the other thing that happened? Was um, oh the when I that was you before where the character we were trying to escape the double level and the enemies double our level mm-hmm. and the one got killed so I had to reload the beginning of the dungeon and play an hour long dungeon again I just quit the game and went outside there have been points yeah, yeah seriously and I have been, there have literally been points where I'm like I can't play this game anymore yeah. like I it's it's and it's infuriating to me yeah. like it, it shouldn't be that way I'm so torn on this game like I really struggle to just bl- make a blanket statement of yeah. whether people should buy it or not like I really feel like it is for a specific type of player. It's fascinating to me that this has done so well. Me too. Because I think it's just like FOMO, like piling it, on. Well, also it's a cla- you know it's a it's the it's return of a, return yeah. of a classic after mm-hmm. tw- you know almost twenty five years. Yeah. Um. You know D and D's hot right now. It yeah. looks amazing. Yeah. You know Larian's got great reputation and deservedly so. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, like I said, this the way they implemented this is not the way I want to play D and D. But the, they did implement it pretty much flawlessly in terms of replicating the pen, the game on paper. Yeah. It's remarkable. It really is. I think the one thing I can say pretty confidently, though, is if that... If you love D&D 5th edition and you don't care about all that amount of dice rolls are like your bread and butter and you love the randomness of that, you're going to love this game. Yeah. Outside of the fact that I don't think controlling it on a controller is a lot of fun yeah uh there's a lot of radial menus there's a lot of mm-hmm. moving around you got to learn what each button selects which menu and yeah, it's so mostly you, menus it's completely different like it is when you play different. on a controller you tap the r1 button and it'll bring up 
for like three or depending on your character, like several radio menus yeah, that you then select from. You're switching between with the shoulder buttons. And yeah. Like, and then like all that. I will say this. Um, if you have a PC that can run this, play it with a mouse. Play yeah, it on PC. I would probably recommend that too. But I, I think it works better with a mouse. Being able to play on the couch part. is pretty nice. It is. <laughs> I'll it say is. that much. But there's a lot of people who run an HDMI cable all the way from their PC out to their TV in the living room. That's a good way to play it too. But then you need the mouse and the keyboard like on your lap, which I'm guessing if people do that, they probably have that set up anyway. So um, what I was getting at though is that like right now, I think it's Metacritic is like 95 or something. Like I. I it's only like 11 reviews or 6 right. reviews. It's, it, it'll I'm curious down, what all the big... The big people flip Maybe not get those for weeks. Because one thing I will say, this game makes one hell of a first impression. Yeah. Like early on, you're like, oh my god, this is incredible. It's almost overwhelming how awesome it is. And 10 hours in, you're like, oh my god, just let me say what I want to <laughs> fucking say. Like, is it, like, why do I have to roll to decide yeah. what I want to drink today? Like, it's just, stop it. Uh, Barry Lomax, my PC is my living room, LLO, connected to my TV. I know a lot of you guys are that way. You have your PCs rigged up so you can play mm-hmm. out on your uh, on your couch, which I mean, is the way to great, do it. I mean, it's great for your... Uh, uh, um, uh, fantasy team, one way or the other. Well, um, here, what I'm getting at is that I'm not. It's hard for me to t- recommend this game to somebody one way or the other without knowing them personally. But one mm-hmm. thing I can say pr- with a fair level of conviction is that I would probably not give this game a 95. No, I wouldn't. Definitely I think not. that to me that score is higher than what I would give it. At least this, from what I've played. This is, so in, far. this is in like an eight, eight point five for me right now. Yeah, I mean it's. It's around a nine for me, I would say. And then I think it goes up or down, depending, again, depending on your perspective or on someone else. Mm. Some, some other people may love that rigid D&D stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, there's some, I mean, yeah. here's the thing. Like, it's, because it's, like I said, it, it, the, the achievement and the scope and the breadth and the, the presentation, it's just, it's all phenomenal. It really it's is. stunning. Yeah. But if you strip all that away, the game that's like, the combat game and the conversation game that's left is kind of mediocre. Part. Yeah, I'd agree. Because, hot take, D&D is kind of a mediocre game system. <laughs> it and is. <laughs> it is popular and it works and it's fun because of who you play with yep. and who is running the game. The dungeon master. The rules yeah. are there as a, as as they're mostly guidelines, yeah. as, as they say in the pirate world. <laughs> but in this world. game, um, word is bond. Word like, is bond, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like the letter of the law. So, it, yeah. so all I'm saying is you better be ready. That's, again, my PC recommendation. You better be ready to play to the letter of the D&D law mm-hmm. or mod this thing within to within an inch of its life yeah. which is exactly what people do in real life with actual tabletop games of D. that's true because house ruling is life yeah. yeah so that would be my recommendation like this entirely is going to come down to how annoying annoyed by randomness you are and i will admit that in the last three or four years getting more and more into board games my to- my Tolerance for randomness has gotten lower and lower. I think that's just called getting older. Some of it, but also <laughs> rolling just... dice to do r- random things in board games is considered archaic and frowned upon. Yeah, like rolling. You do, good luck finding a modern board game where you roll a die to see how many spaces you move. Like D and D. Yeah, yeah. So like, so there's always a way to mitigate. There's always a way to change. And D has some of that with the inspiration system and the and the bonuses. You you can. Choose what's best for you in terms of like, okay, I'm going to pick wisdom or, or charisma because I'm very high in that. I got bonuses on it. Mm-hmm. But, like, it can only help you so much. If you roll one, you fail, whether it makes any sense or not. Yeah. And that's when you reload. 
Yeah. And if you're willing to save scum your way through this stuff, if that stuff bothers you, fine. But to me, that breaks immersion and makes me feel like I can't just go around and see how things unfold. I hate Because I'm constantly dealing with a man. I hate having in the back of my mind that yeah. my save could be wiped. I need, I need constantly having to worry about, say, oh, what's going to happen? Am I going to stumble into this village and get attacked by a bunch of goblins that are going to kill me? I better save because you just never know. Like, mm -hmm. I don't like that at all yeah. like i Although just want one, to enjoy the game and i again if i would enjoy because the one thing i they did that i do think is great there's no real mention of alignment in this game no you're right like moral alignment neutral good and there is no way to know you can figure it out obviously yeah. the vampire is probably chaotic evil yeah. right the goblins are not good people right but there's no like meter that pops up like no. in a bioware game to tell you like oh you sided with a goblin you get plus four bad mean person, person yeah. points <laughs> like none of that's there it lets you sort of make yeah. your own decisions in that yeah. and that's great yeah. like because that system is one of the of all the things they threw out from dnt it's that although that is on the wane like using that system is on the wane now mm -hmm. the other thing i think they did a great job with is um uh, there's been like a lot of con controversy, not a lot of controversy, but there's been a discussion in the D&D community about the idea of orcs and goblins and things like that just being like general bad guys and like mm -hmm. they're not treated as like actual civilizations or races right, or whatever. Right. And in this game, where there's good or bad in yeah, each of them. But those, in this yeah. game, they are like, like you can have long conversations with ogres and goblins and bugbears and, and they'll explain and things they to you about, and yeah. their reasoning and yeah. yeah. And like they're obviously different and a lot of some of them are evil and a lot of them are dangerous, but like they do a good job of making like all these weird worlds live alongside each other in this in Faerun and it it's it's again the best depiction of that I've ever seen yeah. in a video game it's yeah. remarkably good it's just there's this barrier of randomness that I have I just can't get past because the only way to get past it is to constantly reload shit but that also breaks it for me because I'd rather just go through and live the game I'd yeah. rather just play the game but I don't feel like I can because even when I try to do that, like something fails, some die roll fails, and I'm locked out of this thing. And I'm like, well, that was what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Like now I can't. But, now you can't. Yeah. And like there's people that would say, well, that's just part of D and D. Well, fuck that part. It is, but that doesn't mean you have to like it. No. And a, and a human <laughs> dungeon master would be able to sort of mitigate that and yeah. still find a way for you to creatively get around that, which is part of the fun of D and D. Is like, well, can I use my athletics to hop over this and flip that table, and then use my ice beam to freeze the table so the fire is resisted and I can heal the guy behind? Yeah. And, the, and the, the dungeon master will be like, uh, make an athletics roll and then this roll, and if you pass it, great. Yeah. So like, but, like, you can't do that. Like, that's a thing where yeah. the randomness would make sense to me, where I'm like, I want to do some crazy thing, like, thinking outside the box. Yeah, make me roll for that, because yeah, that's yeah. nonsense, right? Yeah, it should only be for big moments, honestly. Right. It should, I'm okay with it being in there. It's most in there too Most much. DMs modern, in modern day are going to do that that way. It's like, do you need to roll to convince, like, your, your fellow party member that maybe we shouldn't use these evil tadpoles in our head to control other people's minds yeah nope you failed he dislikes you because you don't agree with him on that <laughs> like no you don't roll for yeah, that yeah. you roll to convince the commander of the of the of the orc army to not invade the druid grove right like and if you go or fail and yeah then that's going to determine the difference and that's a, a, a failure or a success thing i can get behind because you got to deal with the consequence of that i'm just tired of dealing with the consequences of a failed petty random roll thing. it's petty four it times is. a conversation when we're yeah. just trying to talk about what we're gonna have for dinner yeah. like stop it that's not how humans work yeah yeah well there you go that's Baldur's gate three um as usual with game face if we haven't finished a game when we talk about it matt and i'll continue to play um, if we have any revelations or things that change our opinion, we'll be sure to come back on episode 354 and uh, update you guys on that stuff. But that's where we're feeling right now with Baldur's Gate 3. It is the rare game where I can't just say when we're done discussing it that you give it a thumbs up and I give it a thumbs down or we both give it a thumbs up. No. Plus, it's, the other problem is like we're like 
what, 10% in? Right. Like IGN just said it took them 50 hours to get to Act 2 or something. And that's, oh, that's the other thing. If you do play this, if you do play this, there's a part uh, you go to a place that's called like a mountain pass, I think, and it pops up a thing that says like, "Careful, you're about to go into the next part of the game," mm-hmm. da, da, da. and it feels like it's warning you you're about to go into Act Two. You are not. You're just Act about Two to get is your a ass long kicked. way away from that. <laughs> what it's saying there in very poorly communicated way is that you're about to enter an area where the enemies are going to get more powerful yeah so what you want you want to make sure you're level five before you go past that warning i don't know why it doesn't just say that but that's a thing to know is like that you're not going to lose out on on content you're not going to but that is a warning that like if you're not at level five you should go back and do more stuff in the beginning area yeah that was a thing that i was surprised that like they never really changed before okay let's check in with you guys as i said when the show started this is uh back and forth on this game we want to have a symbiotic conversation about it so i want to see what you guys are saying um um, Eve Demon, you you two aren't finishing this game. It's 100 hours plus. Probably not, but yeah. we can play a lot more of it. That's I for will sure. Probably, I will play this probably until Armored Core comes out. Yeah. El Guapo says, I think the last time Shane hit 100 hours was Persona 5, and I think he's done. Yeah, I mean, once I've played a game 50 or 60 hours, I think I have a pretty good grasp on it at that point. It has to be really good to drag me along for another, like, 40 hours. Um... Um, IGN just put up a review update and it started Act Two after fifty-five hours. So there yeah, you go. <laughs> sounds about right, especially if you go through. So there's a couple different ways you can get to where Act Two starts, and it's not nothing. Yeah, like it's this game is huge. He says you guys. Cinetic says you guys need to use quick saves more often. We do. I use quick saves. It's all annoying the time. how often we use it. That's I mean, the, the point the that thing we're making. where I lost all the con- all the progress in that dungeon is what taught me to use quick saves all the time. But I don't like to use quick saves all the time because then I'm thinking about quick saving and not about the fucking game. Yeah, like that's my problem. Is like I want to just play the game. Like, I don't want to have to constantly reload because some random thing happened in a fight and I missed one attack. And because of that, that enemy was still alive and killed someone. And now I can't win the fight anymore. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. Like, it's too random. Um, and it's random in a way that I don't feel like combat in actual tabletop D&D is. Okay. Anymore. I, I, I have never felt as frustrated in tabletop D&D as I have during this game. Yeah. J.M. Rain, how is the story, the early story, is it captivating? No, I thought it was actually boring at points. There's, it's a slow burn. It's, I don't, I wouldn't call it boring, but I do think it's, you don't really know what you need to do a fair amount in early on. Like, there have yeah. been a couple points, even when I've, like, there was a point early on when you're, you have to go into a goblin camp, and you can work it out so, like, you can go in and you're not fighting. Like, you just go in and every, they're like, okay, come on in, whatever. And I got in the goblin camp, and I realized I had no idea what I was supposed to do. I'm like, wait, am I, I'm supposed to do, I'm supposed to do like three things in this goblin camp and I have no idea how to do any of them. And it became a whole, th- it's, 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 it became a little more of a puzzle solving thing. There was one thing that happened that I, the, the way I figured out to do it actually turned out to be pretty funny, but yeah, it's, it's very much go, go figure it out. It's yeah. not Bioware. It's not, you know, the markers even on the map are like, here's the vague area where this is going to happen. But we're not going to tell you what you have to do. The AJ? other thing, to, the other thing to know that, uh, that I think is, is maybe, uh, counter to how most RPGs are done today. This is not a go through, check off all the journal like quests and like complete everything in an area and move on thing. No. Cause all these things are so interconnected that you're going to have to make a choice on how to complete something. That's going to like cause like three other things to complete themselves yeah. because you can no longer do anything with it. You've made your, your decision. Yeah. Um, so don't treat I, one thing that I think is important um, is to not treat this game like a checklist mm. because 
basically oh, yeah that would be <laughs> yeah basically work your work your way <laughs> forward mistake. work your way forward in terms of what the main quest is suggesting you do and work your way forward in a way that your character thinks you think your character would yeah do. role play yeah, yeah. roll you it does want you to roll that's one of the reasons i'm so frustrated by the randomness of the dice rolls is i do feel like it's encouraged me to behave as my character it's but just sometimes it's can't. like oh no your character can't do that because you rolled bad yeah they did, someone in chat pointed out that um, you can click the dice a second time and it'll speed up the dice rolls. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, and then AJ the Legend Watson asked, um, what's the gameplay loop like? There, That's the thing. There isn't one. Mm-hmm. There isn't a pattern that you fall into with this where you're like, go into a dungeon, finish the dungeon, collect all the loot, go back to home base, sell the loot that you don't want, keep the loot that you do. There's, that isn't yeah. how this game works. It's more like, oh, go here, talk to this. If, oh, now I need to realize go Realize there's an ambush. Negotiate <laughs> with the people that, that to not ambush me. Yeah. Go over here. Go and uh, wander around the town. Find Oh, found a, a letter in this thing. Fi- pull pull a th- Pull a lever. Fall, uh, go find a secret journal. Find a secret yeah. hideout. Okay, found some interesting treasure I can't use. Maybe I should go back and do that. Okay, it opens up another secret door. This secret door. Oh, there's a lot of spider webs here. Oh, those spiders are three levels higher than me. I need to run. Get like, out. Like, it's like, <laughs> That's how it plays. And Yeah, yeah. there's no... You can't really predict what's going to happen, which is, yeah. again, good. Like, that's... Um, that's good randomness. It's not randomness, it's design. But, like, you never quite know what's around the next corner, which is pretty... I mean, you can run into some shit that you would not think is going to happen. Especially early in the game, you're like... Oh, yeah. I was like, what? There's just a... (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's here. All right, sure. (laughs) There's those moments that, like, Everybody go the other way, fast. Like, like, there's... You know, you can can wander into areas that you're not ready for. Yeah. Um, Ethan even says this is my current game of the year. Well, guess we'll see how Starfield is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey so, man, if Starfield's even close to as good as this, I'll be happy. Yeah, because you know the other parts of it, you're gonna love no matter what. Yeah, so, yeah. And I will say this: like, other than seeing a couple characters in a T pose and the problems that I have with saves, otherwise, code's pretty damn clean. Yeah, like, like for, for some, a game that's this big and sprawling, big, so big and so and so high coming in so hot as it seems. Yeah, it took so long to get review code. Yeah, we didn't so. get the review code until it was um, out. So, but like. No, this the fact this game is so clean. Yeah. Uh, in uh, technically, it's rem- it's rem- ridiculous. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's what or a couple couple years of early access will do for you. But like, um, no, like if again, if Starfield launches this clean, it'll be the best launch Bethesda's <laughs> ever done in its entire life. Yeah. It's just like Bethesda's praying that I just see a couple people in a T pose. <laughs> Like this, this is. I mean, like, other, that's than, a win. other than the save bug, which is sounds like what you ran into, mm-hmm. which is fixed now. Yeah. Um, although it sounds like the hot fix might have been what damaged your save because yeah. it was part of the bug. Yeah. Um, uh, no, this is one of the most solid technical releases of the year, particularly for a game like this. Oh yeah, yeah. like the, the, when once you see all how how the web web interconnects, you're like, how does this all work? I mean, there've been a, like I said, there've been a couple quests like. One of them had a bug that I saw two years ago. I'm surprised they hadn't fixed, which makes me think maybe it's intentional, but that's weird. Yeah. Um, there's places where, like, dialogue just doesn't seem to pop up the way it should. And then if you go do something else that is tangentially related that you may not know about when you first run into it, it will then open up more dialogue mm-hmm. when you go back. But there's no real indicator that you should go back. Right. Um, yeah. It's like that. You're going to miss stuff. Yeah, but you're also going to stumble across some pretty cool stuff. Some, yeah, sometimes you're just going to have to be like, I don't know what to do here, and I'm going to walk away from it. And sometimes you'll you'll run into something like, oh, I bet I can go back and do that now. And sometimes you'll just never go back again. Yeah, you'll never see it And again. that's okay. <laughs> and that's all right. You know? Yep, yep. 
So there you go. That's Baldur's Gate 3. Again, it's a gigantic game. Matt and I have played 20-ish hours of it. There's still 80 more to go. So there is a chance that our opinions could change on it. And if that's the case, we'll come back and we'll talk about it again. All right, we're going to move on. Next up, we're going to talk about a gigantic event that happened this weekend. And really, at this point, Matt, the only esports that I pay any attention to whatsoever. You and a whole lot of other people. I know. I tried with all the other stuff. I'm even, or it used to be, like a big League of Legends player. I could never get into watching mm. League of Legends esports. No. I've, I figured out a long time ago that I really only enjoyed watching fighting game esports. And as time has gone on, the only tournament that I watch is the Evo. So this is like the weekend where Shane turns into like esports fan and really gets into it and get into it. I did, Matt. I had a blast watching Evo this weekend. Um, what were some of the highlights for you that really stick out in your mind? Um, well, it was nice to see Project L finally. Yeah, what um, <laughs> exactly? Riot's fighting game, which. Mm-hmm. We hadn't, we, there had been like teases here and there. We had some screenshots here and there. We finally got to see it in motion. They put out a trailer for it. Um, so yeah, we finally got to look at Riot's fighter. It was nice to see, uh, ultimate Marvel back. Although it didn't, I didn't actually find watching it all that interesting because it turns out that that game really hasn't progressed in terms of strategy or tech in Mm -hmm. 10 years. I'll be, Um, I'll be honest with you. There's there's several games that I saw across the weekend that I was like, eh, yeah, most like King of Fighters 15. Like that game looks really primitive. Like the backgrounds yeah. are all like static and like it is a throwback, but it is the most popular fighting game in all of Latin America and South The announcer, America. why is that? Nope. So the announcers for that were Hispanic. And yeah. I, I'll be honest with you, I really struggled to hear what they were saying and understanding what they were saying. Well, part of that is time. he's wearing a Lucador mask, <laughs> that one Maybe, guy. Maybe, yeah. But like that so I don't know 100% for sure but I've seen like uh, Mexican King of Fighters fans op- uh, give the opinion that it's largely because um a lot of places like where you'd play arcade games like stores and little places like down in in Latin America and Mexico Latin America Central America they couldn't afford like the latest greatest Capcom cabinets, but they did have Neo Geo cabinets and the, replacing a game for that was as simple as getting the yeah. new game and plugging it in. Yeah. And so King of Fighters was a lot easier to keep up with and, and keep running in in that area of the world. And so that was the thing that people played. And that's why they like it so much, because it's okay. that's what they play. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so that was the theory that I've read. I don't know that for sure. I don't know anything about like I only found out that 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 King of Fighters is the the fighting game, like basically the official fighting game of Mexico like two years ago. I could tell um, by watching the tournament live. Yeah, like you could just see the crowd was a lot of Hispanic people in the crowd. The mm-hmm. announcers were Hispanic. I think um, it was cool. I thought it was. I cool. didn't realize why. I was like, what yeah. is going on here? Like, why is this happening? It's, it's the Latino game. It's the Latino favorite. It's awesome. So yeah. and it was cool that like uh, finally after all these years, finally they've brought in you know that crowd and those announcers to come do you know they mm-hmm. it's for them it's yeah, for the yeah. people who love that game now it's yeah. not you know you don't have like you know north america you know you don't have american like announcers trying to like kind of keep up with things you have the people that everybody know that watch that stream and like there was a spanish stream too i think yeah um just like there was a japanese stream for a lot mm-hmm. of the japanese games um that was very cool to say. i admit king of fighters is not particularly interesting for me to watch yeah but i'm very happy that it's the community is and the community great. is represented that yeah. part of the community is represented there because it hasn't been for a long yeah. time what i really want to say about it's Evo. become a much more worldwide event the other thing i really oh yeah the other That's thing i point. really enjoyed was that the street fighter six final was between it's only the second time it's ever happened neither player was from the united states or japan yeah 
That very that last time that happened was 2012. One was from UAE. United Arab Emirates. The other was Dominican Republic. Dominican Republic. Yeah. Mena RD is from That's awesome. Dominican Republic. Yeah. And uh, last time that happened was uh, infiltration in 2012. Was infiltration? Who's from Korea? South Korea versus Gamer B, who's from uh, Thailand, I think. Thailand. Oh, really? Or he's Singapore. not Japanese. Gamer oh no, B? Taiwan. He's from Taiwan. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought he was Japanese. No, Gamer B is Taiwan. Okay. I, I want. I want to say it's. Am I right? Taiwan. I think it is. Okay. Um, what really struck me about Evo 2023, and I've said this or felt this about Evo in the past, is that to me, Evo is the best of the industry. It is mm-hmm. the industry putting its best foot forward. Like if there well, is, they got that one guy out of there. Which guy? The one of the organizers who was oh with right. child porn. Right, right, like, right. They, yeah. that, now that's gone, and they've they've kind of revamped some things. So. I'm just saying, like outwardly, the presentation of it, the way. The athletes oh, treat yeah. each other, interact with each other. It is. It makes our industry look awesome. Oh yeah, and like we and need I'll t- more I'll, stuff like this. Well, the problem. One of the problems about you know trying to replicate it is this is the only. This is the only esports, only like competitive game gaming community that came out of the arcades. Yeah, the, the, they came out of the arcade, they came out of a place where everybody gathered like intentionally and socially. And face to face, face to face, shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. If you didn't behave, you get your ass kicked. Literally, like, <laughs> it, it, you know, uh, it, I don't, I don't want to lean too far into the kind of the fallacy of like an arms society is the polite society right. thing. But like, you had to mind your shit. Oh, yeah. when you were playing because in you had to games. answer face to face. There was no Xbox Live that, protecting but your. But ass. that also creates an, an atmosphere of respect where everybody does respect the fact that you show up and you drop that quarter in and you play face to face and you get better and like. Yeah, you know, you know, even back in the day with Street Fighter, II, the original Street Fighter Two, and all that stuff, like you would see other, like you you'd win a match against someone that you'd gotten your ass beat by for weeks or months, mm-hmm. and that guy would train. It's like you got better, good you work, got man. Yeah, like you got me finally, and uh-huh. it's like, and like that was that was yeah. where this all comes comes from. It That's doesn't where come, I come from. Matt. It doesn't come from like LAN shit or like playing online no. all the time or like you know that that it, it's a different world, and it's also. As some of the, I, because I, I, I noticed even when I started doing covering it in 2009 for for Xplay, I was like, this. You know, I noticed it's so diverse. Mm-hmm. Like it's so. It really diverse. is, man. And it's I awesome. asked a couple of the guys, like, why is it so diverse? Like it's you know not that it's a bad thing. Obviously, yeah, yeah. it's great. But like like why? And the one guy said because it costs a quarter to play Street Fighter Two, and it costs like two hundred dollars to buy a Super Nintendo. Yeah. And that was the difference. Yeah. Like you had a w- much wider audience that could come in and experience this and that's one of the great things about the FGC. It, is that watching continues. Evo made me proud to be in this industry. And my wife sat and watched some of it with me and she laughed at parts of it that she thought were because, you know, she doesn't care that much. So when people would get really into it, it was funny to her. Mm-hmm. Like there was one part where like there was a crazy pivotal moment of the match and the announcer was like go bo 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 and like she kind of like perked up and looked over and like started laughing but for the most part like she got into it and she cuz she she likes um the interaction between the com- the competitors. Mm-hmm. She likes seeing sportsmanship and people shaking hands and giving each other hugs and like. Yeah. And a lot of these guys have played against each other in so in many Eva times for years, yeah, years and years. The one guy who won, um, what was it? The guy who won um, Ultimate Marvel three. He's this is like his um, 
I think he's been twentieth coming... time. Or no, something. it's more like his sixth or seventh time. But the first time he came, he wasn't even eighteen yet. No. The game. I, I calculate. <laughs> best I can calculate it. Marvel versus Capcom three came out when that guy was eleven. <laughs> it's awesome. And like he now he's the best in the world at it. Yeah. And it's, it's remarkable. Yep. Yeah. Or was it uh, Takedo who was in the finals for Street Fighter? This was his 19th Evo. Evo's only existed for 20 years. He's still making it into the top he's six. Great. A lot of them are, he's, though. He's, yeah, a lot but, of our old fan favorites. Well, my, are, my, my friends. Like, you yeah, know, I, I know a lot of those guys from out. when I was doing it. Like, they just, need a senior class. Yeah. I, I would watch that, man. They might. I mean, they do like you know casuals and like post you know post game suites and stuff. There's a yeah. lot of that, and a lot of that's on stream. You can see it. It's, yeah. Uh, but you know, you're only getting the uh, twenty thousand dollar prize. <laughs> yeah. If you're if you're a youngin. Another thing I noticed: esports announcers are amazing. You have to know the game so well. Like I know Street Fighter Six, but I watch them and and it's like insane how their brains work. Like how they're the dominoes falling in their minds of like, mm-hmm. okay, he tried to do this, the other guy stopped it, and now I instantly know five potential outcomes from that, and I'm going to say them before any of those outcomes actually happen. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. That is what happens when you play those games that much. It's incredible. Like, really, the announcers, and it doesn't matter the game, every mm-hmm. game, the announcers that they had at Evo were amazing. Like, I was just like blown, as someone who's worked in production, television with talent, like, those guys are freaking talented, dude. Some of them go a little bit above and beyond. They have a shtick or they wear there's some shtick, and or... I, there's, like, there's some things like I don't like. I know, yeah, I'm the only human being in the world that doesn't particularly care for Yipes' commentary. No, <laughs> um, just because here's the thing: Yipes knows those games backwards and forwards, inside and out. But he spends a lot of his time commentating, just like making noises when people mm-hmm. do combos. Like yeah. I cannot stand the, when like the combo happens. Some and some of the announcers is like, ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> That's like, the stuff that would send my yeah, wife. Because right, it's stupid. <laughs> it's, like, it, it, it's weird yeah. to me that like it's like the, the the appeal of the commentators to me is that like you say they know the game so well they can make analysis and, and on the fly yeah. that like almost no one else could do because they know it so well. But anyone in that room could get up there and make noises for every time somebody hits somebody with a combo. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not useful. And everyone's like, "Oh, it builds hype." I'm like, "I don't, I don't get it." it, I, it I, it's too. Um, and then like now, it's one thing when it's Yipes' thing. That's one of the things he, one of his trademarks. But a bunch of the other announcers have started, started to steal to it. it. Yeah. And I'm like, "No, that's his thing." Yeah, they're Leave trying to build hype. Yeah, they're trying to build hype. But find your own way to do it because that is that is a Yipes' thing. I'm sure he doesn't care. Yeah. like whatever. He's you know, no no one's going to replace him. He's like the most popular commentator in the entire community i think mm-hmm. um but like it's it also know. made me realize how insane it was that someone hired adam sessler to do commentary on a fighting game that is the dumbest <laughs> idea it's not has nothing to do with adam mm-hmm. it's like you don't bring anybody in to do fighting game commentary who has not mm-hmm. done fighting game commentary uh, it's it still can't believe somebody thought that was a good idea yeah uh, adam smart af he's smart as a whip he can figure crap out like on the fly. Nobody can figure this out on the fly. Yeah, well, it I mean, is impossible. You can do kind of a color commentary thing if you want, especially. Oh, people, that was a close one. Because well, he was. Because <laughs> he. I mean, I'll be honest. I heard some people say things as that bad yeah. on some of the. I mean, look. You, also, the thing is like it's grand finals commentary versus like Friday pools right, commentary. Right. right. No, you're right. Thing. Yeah. Um, but like. 
it's yeah the adam thing was a fascinating <laughs> it, it, it was basically barreling down the train tracks realizing <laughs> there was a wall and there wasn't much i could do about it i was like and i was like i'll teach you more about the thing and like i don't think he took it as serious it, what, don't it's not your fault man <laughs> no but i do remember but i do remember him coming out from after the thing and he was covered in sweat and he looked yeah. at me he's like I had no idea. I didn't know it was like that. I'm just like, mm, yeah. there's a lot happening, man. Like, yeah. I have a question for you, actually. Why was one, I saw one competitor playing with his hands in a cardboard box. Yeah. Why is that? What is that? Um, he is playing, um, he's a little paranoid, is basically. Is that what it is? Because he's playing, I believe he was using a hitbox, which is the the controller with no joystick, or a hitbox equivalent, which is a no joystick. He had a joystick. It was a joystick? On his controller, yeah. Um, some people like to cover their hands because they don't want people to look at what they're doing. Interesting. I it fu- seemed annoying. <laughs> I'm sitting there playing with this I don't know how, as someone who's played a lot of fighting games, uh, I don't know... Uh, what you're going to learn by watching someone's hands. Yeah. I mean, so, also, some <laughs> people, like, there are people that, like, you'll see it with, like, a blanket. Or, it could have been, like, a hand warmer thing. No, it was a cardboard box. He just right, but he sat have... on his lap, and he had his controller inside the cardboard box. Right, but there might have been some insulation or something in there or whatever. Yeah. Because it is cold yeah. in, in the, in the <laughs> it's area. It's weird. I was like, what's you going also on see there? People, you'll see people with gloves on. You'll see people with... Um, like the fingertip yeah. things, like, like those, know, I get. Yeah. Is, like that's for the. I understand that. Um, yeah. It depends. Like if, if and also sometimes uh, it, it can sometimes be a warmer. Can sometimes be true to keep keep them cool. Yeah. Because like if your hands sweat, that's a problem. Well, you'll notice that especially with the controller players. Like well, they all wipe their hands. You wipe your pants. hands off between rounds. I actually yeah. thought I'm like I wonder if I could make a pair of pants that had like suede just where they wipe their hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's interesting watching all that stuff. And sometimes um, people will do that just to like throw people off. Like, yeah. you know, if you're trying to play and like the guy next to you is playing in a cardboard box, you're sort of like, what the fuck? Is yeah, it? yeah. You know, this is there's, there's some psychological warfare happening sometimes. The other thing that I noticed was in a lot of games, the esports participants have figured out who the best character is, and so you get into the mm. final six, and it's just that one character. Like there were there were a number of mirror match finals this year that were Cronin versus Cronin. I think that was in um, was that King of Fighters fifteen? Maybe mm, I don't I don't know. I, didn't I don't know. But there was a one game where the this Cronin guy, the last ten matches, just Cronin versus Cronin. Mortal Kombat 11, Fujin versus yeah, Fujin. Fujin. Fujin all the way. Literally through. the whole time, yeah. Fujin versus Fujin. And part of, and again, part of that is not necessarily that Fujin's the best character. It's that no other characters have effective counters to Fujin. For him, yeah. Um, especially at high-level play. They all played him. Yeah. Every single player. Same with, um, was it, a Grand, Blue, a Grand Blue Fantasy was not a mirror match, but the Ultimate, Ultimate Marvel was a mirror match. And then Emperor um, Dress has Tekken, too. With, Tekken uh, was Kuni a mirror Mitsu. match with Kuni. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, that to me got a little annoying. It's like I mean, watching mirror matches I mean, over and over. That's just how that was getting. It is. I mean, I get it, but you I, think I, it- I was impressed by the fact that Street Fighter Six there was only two duplicate characters in the top six. Yeah, um, there are two Kens. It shows you that and the that game is it. great. And there were no. Uh, a lot of people thought Marissa was going to dominate. Mm-hmm. We did, did. We talked did about not. it last week. Yeah, did she not. did not. She Do you think they tweaked her seat? before the tournament? No. No? It was, it, she just she has her game plan, but you can out, out think people it. People figured it out. There was also it. an interesting breakdown of how many in the top 90, I think it was the top 96, which is like where you, you know, you've narrowed it down to basically like you're coming up on the semifinals at that point. Mm-hmm. They, somebody broke down all the different character, you know, the mains for every one person in that 96. Mm-hmm. And the most was JP. Which like something like eighteen. Mm-hmm. Like JP is a very technical, pro- important character because people like he's confusing. He's very hard yeah. to play against. 
zero reviews. But tons of Ken. Tons of Ken. Oh, Ken was number two. Ken <laughs> yeah. was the second he's most the man, yeah. popular. It's fascinating to see like the, the breakdown. That doesn't mean that these, JP's the best character, yeah. but he was the most used character by people who got in the top 96. I was impressed by the guy who didn't win the grand finals, but was in the grand finals, Menard or whatever. Menard, yeah. But he could switch between characters. Yeah, like, he, he had, didn't he have has, one main. No, he, he had a... Well, his main is um, uh, Luke. Yeah. But he does have that pocket Blanca. I was also surprised at how many... People played Luke, the brand new character. And mm. I mean, a lot of times, I don't know if Capcom's done this, but a lot of times a new character, they make him OP so people use him. But, you know, he wasn't a paid character, so they would have no mm. incentive to do that. So he's just a powerful character that people have figured out. And it was interesting to see him have the ability in the grand finals, pressure mm. on to just jump back and forth between Luke and Blanca. Like, mm-hmm. like it was nothing. He's like, I need to throw this guy off. He started yeah. figuring out my patterns. Well, Blanca was, because so, like Blanca is so different in six yeah. and what he can do. And I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, the combos he was pulling off with Blanca, Blanca's never been able to do anything like that before. Yeah, yeah. Like just the, the low, the low uh, strong punch that yeah. scoop he can do that like, yeah. extends the combo. Yeah. Like that's a massive tool for Blanca. And yeah, like, yeah. so few people have you really block it, mastered he's that. Screwed. That he's you're throwing, he threw a lot of people off, but of course, um, it takes more than that to throw Angry Bird off because yeah. Angry Bird's one of the best, you know, is the best in he's the world a machine. now. But he is incredible. But everyone, I mean, the fact that he was like having trouble against Tokido, uh-huh. uh, the fact that he that he outfoxed Punk a little bit, yeah. was impre- but, you know, there's a lot of people that are like, you know, I, it, it was too bad because I do think Punk is very fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Like Punk is a is a great player, and he, his 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 style is so reactive. It's and like his reactions are so split second that it's fascinating. Like he was even when he did lose to uh, I think it was I think it was Man Ardia's Blanca. He was he was uh, he was dragon punching with Cammy. He was dragon punching those balls as they yeah, happen. Yeah, like yeah. he's so. I mean, good. all those players were so good, dude. Yeah. It literally just blows and my Punk, mind watching. Punk's play. doubly impressed with me because he plays so many different games the, and he's so good my, at all. Right. What blows my mind is that they don't these people they don't have to just memorize their character. They have to memorize the whole yeah. roster because you have to be able to stop the whole roster and just watching them be able to block everything. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to know the matchup. Crazy, that's, like that's the whole thing. It's is amazing like, because the only other option is to know every single human being you're fighting against. Right. Because then you can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah. So like basically that because like you got to start somewhere. Basically, you got to know the matchup, which means you got to know the two or three weaknesses that that character has against your character yeah and you start there and you build out from there that's what alex valle always says uh you know the first round is data mm-hmm. like learn what you think and you know that's why blanca under menard's control is so effective because most people don't play blanca in that game yeah and you've probably even these guys at this level ha- you know i'm sure they've seen all that before and they've studied him but they don't necessarily have the muscle memory yet yeah. and they will because now a now lot of people will. are going to play Blanca after oh, seeing yeah. that like Absolutely. that's going to be a new thing yep. um, and like, that's the other fun thing about um, stuff like Evo and the Capcom Cup stuff is when someone's really successful with a certain character that character's meta Copycat. changes yeah. and like and the game changes at that level and so yep. the next tournament's going to be really different yep. um, and of course qualifying for Capcom Cup off of Evo makes it even more because Capcom Cup's prize is a million dollars this time Yeah, and that's ridiculous I mean Kudos to Capcom for throwing two million dollars in the prize pool for that thing because that's gonna that's the biggest thing. I mean, and look, Evo got literally upping of, the ante. Evo got recognition from the state of Nevada in, yeah. in this. You know, they got recognized for the biggest esports event. Well, they called they got, it Evo Day. They got it was Evo Day, and then they announced they're moving back to July yeah. next year. <laughs> and they got and the Cannon Brothers. They'll move the Evo Day. And the Cannon Brothers, the founders of uh, of Evo, who now work 
uh, or at least one of them works at Project on Project L now. Yeah, or did I don't remember who's still there because it was them and Seth for a while. But they, yeah. all, I think Seth, Seth went gone. to Epic and yeah. all that. But they got the key to the city, um, yeah. which is pretty cool. Pretty amazing. Like, it's nice to see you know Las Vegas and Nevada recognizing how big this thing is. Yeah, it has taken up Mandalay Bay for you know how many years now. Look great too. The production oh, looked yeah. great. I still have problems. Like n- figuring out which guy is which. Like the way, <laughs> seriously, I've had this problem with Evo for years. They need to put a little picture in picture of their face under their name. It's so simple. It's like, or the other thing they could do is just make sure that when they sit down, they sit down so that they match what's on screen. They don't do any of that. So I don't know. Like I'm watching some of these smaller games. I have no idea who these people are. It's always just, it's always the, the, the names up in the top are like, you know, first player and second player. And so when you see them, whoever's sitting in first player, whoever's sitting in second player, that's their name. That's not it, though. That doesn't work yes, that it way. Is. It's not, though. It I, is. I, 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 that's not. I watched that whole tournament trying to figure it out. It does not. There's it's easy. No the rhyme person, or reason. All they got to do is side. just put a little window of their face. No. That's it. It's so easy. No, I don't want to waste it. Also, no. if you're don't one of the athletes, things. you want people to know who you are. They Your all sponsors know who they are. want you to know who, them to know but who you are. They all know who they are. I like, don't. That, that's, that's not a common problem. It is for people who, look, Imagine my mom watching, Matt. Like, I'm not a even my game? mom. Like, just... I am hardcore into games, dude, and I cannot follow who the competitors are in their production. I have I mean, worked in television I mean, for 20 years. I mean, it's, like, it's, it's, I mean, it's I guess bad. it's bad. It's, it's re- a mistake. It's reversed. It's not a mistake. It's fine. It's reversed, like, when you see the shot of their faces because they're sitting the opposite way facing the game because first player, second player. But, like, the names just match up the other way around. It's, <laughs> it's the simple. reverse. I mean, it's dumb. It's dumb as shit. That's how just well, put that... their faces up there. Put them on a window with their face. It take up this much space at the top of the screen. That's it. Through the whole Done. match? Yeah, why not? No, I want to see their faces when they the... get caught. I want to see the game. I don't know. It's this fucking big, dude. No. What are you talking about? People are watching You can see the damn game. I'm not worried about it because they're never going to do that, so we're fine. Why won't they do it? Because, A, I don't even know if they have the ability to do that much production work if you have that. a tricaster you can do it and i guarantee they have a tricaster like i, it, I just don't care i know who they are i, I see don't mean i don't care that's good for you matt Th- there's millions of people out there that this can expand out to who have no clue who any of these people are no clue if you know your left me right you know who they are when they cut back no matt yeah, i could do. not figure it out they're always in the same place so you're just saying they're reversed like yeah because the person- every time they're reversed yeah i did not i could not find that rhyme or reason to it at all but it's simple. Like whoever, they, one person sits on player one side, one person sits on player two side. They are always on the same sides of but the monitor. But they don't. Sometimes they come and up they, and they just plug their controller in. Like it, you don't know what port they're plugging no, into. The port doesn't matter anymore. You just pick the side. You pick the side you're on. That's how you know, the two play, the player right. thing, and you pick the side. Right. That's right. how they do that. Every time. That's that's standard. It's rules. It's, it's in the rules. It's dumb to do it that way. If they want to grow it to beyond people like you and I, they need to improve the production. I think they're fine. I don't. And no. I, I think I could watch my wife watch it in complete bewilderment and know that they're not fine. Like, uh, we make the mistake sometimes of thinking everybody's like us. I bring this up all the time on this show. They're not. If you want to grow it beyond the audience, you have to make it so uh, normal people can understand it. I've complained about this like five years in a row about Evo. They never fix it. And it's a very easy fix. Like They don't want to fix it because it's not broken. So. For the average person, it is broken. You're the not average, the average person, the average Matt. Person. You're a crazy fighting game aficionado. Being a crazy fighting game official, you know the people. Make it easier. I don't know most of these people's faces. Like, I don't know any of them. Like I know like ten people in the Same. whole fighting game scene. Like Same. I, it, it's dumb. Like again, it's, it's ESPN fine. would have their fucking faces up there. 
Normal and, people aren't watching fighting game tournaments. It's but you want good. them to eventually. You want it to they grow won't. and get bigger. They Why won't, won't they? Because There's more people watching now than there were ten years ago. Right, because people got into fighting games and they figured yeah, it out. But because, like, it's not the same thing. Anyway, I still think the production could use some work. Although for the most part, like the scene itself was awesome. Like at the grand finals where they all had up their cell phones and stuff. Like some of the moments in that were awesome. Like mm-hmm. and they did capture those pretty well. I just think the nuts and bolts of the production can improve. Um, and then they had a ton of announcements because the Evo isn't just about the competition. It's also this window for fighting game developers, publishers, or whatever. They know all the eyes are on them, so they make, I wouldn't say big announcements, but, but announcements. Um, so let's go through these very quickly because we're running out of time. They announced a new Fatal Fury, the first one in like 20 Forever. years. Well, because that's usually been uh, King of Fighters. King of Fighters replaced Fatal Fury, Art of Fighting, right. all that shit. A lot of the characters from Fatal Fury are in the other games It's now. all the same. SNK's fighting game is all the same yeah. universe. All their fighting Still, for whatever reason, that. people freaked out about it. They thought it was a big deal. Uh, Street Fighter Six. they had two big announcements. The first one was a new fighter called Aki. Is my pronouncing that correctly? Yeah. Um, she uses poison somehow? She's re- she seems related to Fang. The 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 old guy yeah. from the from five yeah all right right um, nobody knows this is all they've shown of her nobody knows how she plays she goes to a uh, Giles Barber apparently she yeah well <laughs> she's clearly from the same sort of remnant or like Shadowloo organization as Fang okay uh, right down to the fact that her name is an acronym of some kind uh, it, you know how Fang was an acronym yeah right I don't remember what it stands for but yeah, hers is also a there's dots between the A K and the I. So she's probably going to do like a zone control, like trap sort of style character like Fang was, but mm-hmm. maybe modify. There's, there's there's some disagreement in the community on this because there's people who really hate fighting Fang because no. he's very different from right. the usual Street Fighter character. He's actually fairly SNK-ish because of how the, the how much the zoning trap stuff works, and there's not a lot of Street Fighter characters that do that. Yeah. So she's going to be very interesting to see going forward. Um, we'll have to wait for a gameplay reveal to really see what she does. But... Um, the look of her unique. Yeah, definitely. she doesn't really look like any other character. Yeah, she in the definitely game. has her own silhouette there, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm sure she'll play. You know, the Street Fighter Six is better than probably any Street Fighter in a long time of making everybody play differently and feel different. Yeah, absolutely. Even even the Shota clones all still feel, like feel different themselves. I mean, just evidenced by nobody playing Ryu, tons of people playing Ken. Yeah, Ryu being uh, like not a really tournament powerful character anymore is remarkable. Yeah, um, it's kind not, of a shame. Not that like it, it, you know, Street Fighter Five he wasn't particularly dominant in that regard to the point that even uh, Daigo didn't play him anymore. Mm-hmm. Daigo was mostly Guile in Five. Yep. Um, but uh, no, we'll see. Like, she's an interesting character. Yep. Um, everybody, you know, it's fun to see like that even happened with Tekken where it was like. People are all mad that they announced a character that, you know, an old character, Raven, was was announced. And I was like, oh, oh, oh return. And then they announced immediately a new the character. New one, yeah. And I was like, oh, she's taking up a slot. And I'm like, well, pick one, people. Well, you just stole the thunder of the next topic. She looks very interesting. <laughs> but uh, they also announced a collaboration with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for Street Fighter Six. I'm just going to say this. This Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, it knows where its bread is buttered. It mm. is marketing its butt off to gamers. And... It's smart, like because we all love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, but I thought that was kind of a surprise. But um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not the first time they've been in a fighting game. But it is a clever way to work around the idea of having to put them in as characters. Right. Because they're just costumes. Yeah, that's one thing we should mention is that they're not technically playable characters. Mm-hmm. They're uh, just costumes for people. Yeah. Which is fine. Any, any, yeah. Right. Any fighter can use the costume and you, the, the emotes. It's just your typical crossover crap that you get for any whatever cross yeah. another they, thing. Capcom finally realized they can use the modding scene for their own advantage. Yeah. And do their own mods. 
<laughs> That's a good point. Um, so that was the big announcements for Street Fighter. And then Mortal Kombat 1 put out a brand new trailer called Banished. And basically this trailer unveils Reptile, Havoc, and Ashra as playable characters. And then Serena as a cameo fighter. And the end of this, the... I don't even know who that is. <laughs> Me either, by the way. I didn't know who it was either. But the end of this, Reptile's fatality is just brutal. Did you see this? See if I can find it here, because this trailer's really long. It's like the and very... The Ashra, yeah. It's like the very last thing. That looks like... There it is. Right here it is, yeah. <laughs> so he eats her. Then he barfs her out, and she tries to crawl away only half of her body. It's <laughs> impressive she's still alive. <laughs> it's crazy. People are very tough to kill. Yeah. So that was Mortal Kombat. And then Matt, as Matt alluded to, for Tekken 8, we got Raven, who has been in the series since Tekken 5, I believe. Sounds right. He's been I in there know, for a while. I don't know Tekken very well. He's an OG. And there's a bunch of different Raven types or mm -hmm. something. I guess we get Ninja Raven this time. Yeah. Um, but he wasn't such a big deal as Matt pointed out. People were kind of disappointed. But look, you can't have all new characters for a fighting game. You got to bring back no. some old characters. Well, a huge like people were like yelling about, oh, it's a returning character. We want new characters. And then the new character was revealed, and it was like, wow, well, we're wasting a slot that we're gonna have a returning character. It's like, <laughs> and here is the new character. Tekken fans are very divided. Named Azucena, I believe is the correct way to Azucena, say it. Azucena, yeah. Azucena. Um, and she's, she is an MMA fighter. Yeah, she's a Peruvian MMA fighter who's addicted to coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Tekken is so bizarre, dude. She's very interesting. Like her, she's got like this weird dodge counter style that I've never seen really in the game before. Like she's very much about moving out of the way, like, which seems to be like actual moves, like counter moves, almost like almost uh, like what's her name in um, uh, Virtua Fighter, uh, the Aikido character, oh. Oh. whose name I'm blanking. Yeah, on I can't right remember now. either. She reminds me a little bit of Eddie Goro, the way she kind of dances before. A little like, bit, but she is she's more dodge counter than he ever was. Mm -hmm. Like, which seems I think that's a specific move. Like, I I don't think you're doing that. Like, like, like that stuff where she's just dancing around him. Yeah, it looks very cool. It does. Yeah. Um. So I think she's a pretty cool character, and she's not really MMA. She's not like ground and pound MMA no. person, like trying to put him in a sleeper hold. Um, it, that I think that premise is maybe a little flimsy, but but otherwise yeah, I mean, I'm pretty she's, into her. She's using some striking and ground techniques from like like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu to some degree, but like it's not a very. This detailed, is the stuff where I was like, is Eddie Gora? It's not does, a very detailed simulation. Yeah. Say. Yep. But she's a cool character, also a diverse character, which is good to see. Mm -hmm. um, and then, as we talked about earlier, we finally got a really good look at Project L, which is the dumbest name for a fighting game like they should have well they're gonna name it something else right but they should have done that before evo 2023 they should have had the yeah. final name ready before because dude project l project loser you took the l like it's just the dumbest name i don't for know why I, I assume it's called that because it's that i think they just letter their internal projects yeah just and in that's how many we've never seen right because they, <laughs> they don't actually come to fruition i think you're right i think that's literally why that is and it's odd so. enough project l project loser is the one well, that actually made it well part of it is i mean that's just sort of cool i think that's a sad coincidence yes of course but like um i don't know like this i mean this was done off off stream it was done like on a separate stream uh for the hardcore people who know what this is and they know what they know what project l is they mm -hmm. don't know what whatever the final name for this is yeah will be. um what do you think of what we've seen of it 
It sure is Marvel. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's cool. I, I mean, it I makes sense for. Luke. I don't know who any of these characters are. Like, Yasuo is a top laner who's annoying AF in League of Legends. Well, he seems to be carrying that tradition on in this game. He's like way OP. Like he's not even OP mm-hmm. in like okay, we launched this guy. He's OP now. We're gonna nerf him. He's just OP for eternity. Anytime he plays top lane, he's gonna dominate the game of League of Legends. Like that, they won't nerf him. Like everybody hates Yasuo, but. Here he is. Mm-hmm. He, he makes sense for a fighting game because he's like a samurai or whatever. But, but yeah, I'm not a fan of him because I was also a top laner. I played with Teemo a lot top lane, and I always had to fight, face Yasuo, and I hated playing against him. But this game, I think, is looking pretty good for Riot's first ever fighting game. Yeah, it looks like a, I mean, it's made by people that know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You got clockwork on there. Yep. Seth um, Killian worked on this at first. Yeah, Seth Killian worked on it for a while until he went over to Epic. Mm-hmm. Um, the Cannon Brothers are involved. Yep. It, was their, it was their company that got bought by Riot. Right. Um, they were working on a that what that other game that got like a beta and then got canceled when Riot bought them. You remember that? Oh, their fighting game. Their yeah, fighting game. Yeah. yeah. What was that? I can't remember. It also had a. I think it had a goofy name as well. It had a weird name because it was only in like beta, but it played yeah. differently. It was like a keyboard. You could play with a keyboard. That was right. Like, yeah, that's right. Um. Yeah, I mean, this looks cool. It looks like a versus game. Like it looks like a Skullgirls Marvel sort of mm-hmm. sort of pedigree. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, Obviously, they have a roster big enough to supply absolutely. this game. I mean, it, makes, for the next it makes the most sense to, to do years. that with these guys. Yep. Um And you can add add stuff to it forever. Yeah. Um. Will it catch on? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'll tell you, Let's man. Just be I was thinking about this. Watch. I, I'm shocked at how fast the Dragon Ball Z fighter faded. Yeah. I mean, it's still in Evo, but it wasn't main stage for Sunday. Um, it was there. It was there, and it still got a good number of signups. But like, it just—I'm mm-hmm. just shocked that it didn't have the staying power. Like yeah, it was, it was so. It was good. It's a really it good fighting really game. Good. It, it did what it did, and it had such a built-in audience for like people who love Marvel and people who like Dra- Dragon Ball because Marvel in the fighting game sense, but also people love Dragon Ball for Dragon Ball. Yeah. Like, it just surprises me that that game didn't have more staying power. Maybe Bandai Namco just didn't support it. Yeah, very especially well. when you consider games like this. Undernight in Birth Two mm-hmm. is coming out. I, I had never even touched the original Underbirth. Have you played? I played several of them. Yeah. What do you think of them? They're good. I mean, they're they're Guilty Gear uh, descended anime fighters. Uh, okay. By the same, you know, Arc System Works is the Blaze mm-hmm. Blue people. Uh, if you like Blaze Blue, you'll like this game. Okay. Uh, they're they're very similar. In fact, there are characters that are almost identical in places. Mm. Um, but it's that kind of thing. It's don't, don't you know? It's just got a weird name. Okay. Um, and the other thing, of course, if you go, uh, I don't know if it's still on, but there was a Steam sale. They were basically given fighting games away on Steam over the weekend. Like, yeah, they were. You could get like the full. Um, the full Tekken everything, Tekken Seven with everything, it was like nine dollars. Wow! For every all, all the DLC, DLC, all the everything, it was crazy. Well, you I mean, get, eight is about to come out. So. You could get um, what was it? Uh, a Marvel versus Capcom Infinite with everything for like four ninety five. Like well, was, well, that's yeah. not a surprise. <laughs> the one thing I will say, I was I, watching Ultimate Marvel again on Sunday, which was weird that like that was one of the main stage games for Sunday because it's so old. Like, why is that? I mean, it's not it's popular or great, but it was all the same. She was just watching people do the, you know, the old Chris G strategy back and forth and watching zero lightning loop over and over again. And it was a point where I just sort of checked out and did something else until that was over. Yeah. But um, and Tekken came on, which is just like, oh, my God, like this is never going to end. <laughs> Tekken took three hours and it was still only yeah. a top six. They went I down know. from top six to top eight and it just wouldn't fucking end. Yeah. I do think those matches take a little longer. I do think going down to top six. I mean, I know they did it because they didn't want to go over in the venue anymore and they had to pay a huge venue late fees because they were there too long mm-hmm. last time. Yeah. But 
and some things work okay for top six, but Street Fighter Six should be top top eight. Oh yeah, like the the story is better yeah, when you I have agree. the four. It's the biggest four. game. It's the Super Bowl of yeah. Evo for sure. Um, and then may, another. Maybe you could save some time. You didn't have a live band playing everybody on with their theme songs every right. five minutes. Like be, <laughs> it was a little weird. And then um, this game was announced just before think, Evo. Sorry, but I think the like Ultimate Marvel should have only been on that main stage if you had an announcement to make about Marvel. Yeah, like if you were going to do a collection or Marvel versus Capcom Four was going to happen or something like that. Yeah. But nothing. It was just there. It was weird. Yeah. I thought it was weird. This game, the one that nobody ever asked for, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2. Not sure why they couldn't just keep adding DLC to the first All-Star Brawl. Because they but... blew it on the first one when they launched it without voices. Yeah. So they're starting. They're trying again. Basically. They're trying to start fresh. Um, it has Ren and Stimpy in it, so I'm happy. But, <laughs> but otherwise... This is just another Smash yeah. clone that I feel like it's probably going to come and go and not make it'll, leave it'll much It'll hit of a its wave. audience well, and I mean, it's cool. The yeah, Avatar guys are. I think it's funny that there's three Hey Arnold characters in this, and Arnold isn't one of them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> His grandma is, yeah. but he is not. That is funny. Uh, so, anyway, uh, that's Nickelodeon All Star Brawl 2. And then we got another look at Grand Blue Fantasy versus Rivals. We got the release date trailer for this. It's coming out on November 30th mm-hmm. for PC and PlayStation. Uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus is a little fighting game that could. It came out with yeah. very little fanfare, but built a huge audience. Yeah, well, in part because it's based on an extremely popular mobile game in China that for some reason they apparently have no plans to release here ever. Yeah, that's odd. So just the fighting game comes here. Yeah. I thought they did this announcement backwards a little bit because they announced the release date and then they announced that there's a free version, a free-to-play version, and then they announced there's a beta coming. I'm like, you do that the other way around, guys. <laughs> yeah. like, you well, you, know, you shouldn't announce that there's a free-to-play version coming, like, at all if you plan on selling the game. Like, Well, it's, it's not like a... It's only, You only get four characters. Uh, and it's got like a demo version. Gotcha, gotcha. But the, the big announcement was that it interacts online with the full version of the game. Okay. So if you're playing the demo version, you're not stuck just playing against other demo version people. You can play against people who have the full game. So okay. if, you, if you're content with, like, one of the four characters you get from that... You just, there you go. But okay. they want as many people in the ecosystem as possible. So it's a pretty it's a pretty cool move. At least certainly with games, you know, because this is another anime style fighter that's a descendant of Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue. It's by the same people who made Blaze yeah. Blue. Um, you know, you might want to try this thing before you throw sixty bucks at it. It's you know, a like pretty game. It's a pretty game. It also has a lot of extraneous stuff. It has a big story mode, like a really you can see from that trailer. Story there's crazy mode. stuff in there. Um, <laughs> what, the, all these mini wait, games. what the hell is going on? The chibi stuff. You're all hanging out in lobbies. You can play with other ca- other people online and like mm-hmm. do little mini game things. Like it's a robust game. Yeah. Like there's a lot happening there. And again, that's coming November 30th for PC and PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. And then the final thing was Guilty Gear Strive. They showed us a trailer for season three of the season pass and introduced a new character named Johnny. Oh, he's not new. He's right, he's but from the first to one. the game, he's a new, he's new to the game. Um, and that was pretty much it. That's Evo twenty twenty three. They also announced um, there's like a, an update coming for Killer Instinct, like a ten year update yeah. or whatever. It's going to make some tweaks. <laughs> In other news, it's been ten years since the Xbox One Killer Instinct. Right, we're all going to die. I mean, it feels like. They should be ready to show a new Killer Instinct at this point. It's uh, been ten easier, years. Easier to just up, uh, you know, update this one with balance tweaks, apparently. Right, which I think means it's probably not making another one. No, probably yeah. not. Unfortunately, and they haven't done any DLC for They're that. Too for busy a making long Perfect time. Dark Zero, Perfect Dark, whatever. <laughs> Imperfect Dark. In, well, yeah, what, I forgot the name of it already. What is it? Perfect Dark. I don't even remember either. I think it's just called Perfect Dark, but it's just under development by the initiative. I thought it had some other... There's no subtitle yet. No? No. I thought it was like Perfect Dark... No, not yet. Perfect Dark two-syllable word. No? I don't think so. Hmm. No, I think it's just... 
I think eventually it'll get a subtitle, but right now it's just mm. perfect dark. Um, so anyway, that's Evo 2023. Absolutely awesome. I hope you guys watched it. We made sure that we had the streams curated to sifted for the whole weekend so you guys could find them easily. Uh, there was like eight streams, but we only we only curated the first two. Those are really the, only, the ones you needed mm. to watch. They went back and forth a bunch. Yeah. Um, I switched sometimes. Come some, uh, I, oh, oh, okay, so you saw a lot of the ads on Twitch, right? They were mm-hmm. running this, the, the sponsored ads the, yeah. from, from Evo. Chipotle. Not, not the, yeah. yeah, Chipotle. What the hell was the AT&T fiber ad where the woman's playing the wrestling game? Oh, I don't know. And she rolls, and she's like, oh, no, 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 and she rolls out, and then the guy just stands up and falls over, and she wins? Yeah, I don't know what what that was either. What does that have to do with speed of internet connection? (laughs) Why did you win when you were outside the ring? Why did he die spontaneously? Did he have a heart attack? Every time that ad rolled, I was like, what is this? And no one was talking about it. No one one on Twitter or anything. I'm like, why isn't everyone confused by what the fuck this is really representing? Yep. Um, so anyway, there you go. That's Evo. I hope you can understand the excitement and the passion that Matt and I have for Evo. And if you didn't watch it this year, I hope that you'll make an appointment to do it next year. If you really love video games, I really think it's something that you need to watch. At to the see. very least, the Sunday finals. Yeah, just a- at least watch the grand finals like ar- around 5 p.m. Start watching and it just goes until like 10 or whatever. And it's just awesome entertainment that entire time. So um, we try to be evangelists for Evo as much as we can be because we really believe in it. Um, and I hope maybe next year, if you mm-hmm. didn't watch or you haven't ever watched it, you'll give it a chance. And really, Street Fighter Six is a honestly a much better spectator sport than Five was. It's amazing. Like, Street Fighter Six is great to watch. It really is. Yep, and it's easy to understand too. Yeah. Like, well, that's why fighting games are always we're always the best option for esports to me because everybody knows what a fight is. Yep, it's two characters or you know tag whatever, but two characters and two life bars. It's very obvious what's happening. Yep, easy to get. All right, there you go. That's Evo 2023. And we did have another topic for today's show, but we've unfortunately run out of time. I'm not surprised talking about Baldur's Gate 3 that we went a little bit over. And we'll just push that topic to next week's show. Um, But we do have enough time for... Very Low Max is also correct. What did he say? He's hardcore into fighters, but only started watching Saturday night because pools can be a bit much. That's true. That's true. Yeah, pools the Fridays lot. and the Saturdays, it's too much. Like, I wouldn't ask a casual person to ever watch that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Although sometimes early on Friday, it's fun to watch and be like, oh, that guy plays about as well as I do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's so, you know, it's so Well, they had wide. the most entries ever for oh, that yeah, Evo. 7, it's like thousands. It's insane yeah. how many people entered. Yep. Um, okay, it's time for Name That Game, where I show you guys five screenshots and you try to guess the name of the game before Matt Kyle. There's a couple rules here. First is if you've won this year, do not play. Second is if you don't play PC games, please do not play. And, well, you can play if you have a friend who likes PC games. Mm. Fair, you, you can give a code to them. tweet out the code yeah. or something. You know, just, <laughs> totally fine. Just find a way to make sure the just, code gets used. Yeah, don't play if you're not going to do anything with the code is my point. And then the final thing is, is that our chat goes into slow mode, meaning you can only send a chat once every 60 seconds. So don't just spam the chat with random game titles hoping that you guess it right. You're going to lose. And what's going to happen is a screenshot's going to come up. You're going to be like, I know that game. You're going to type it in and you're not going to be within your 60 second limit and you're not going to be able to win. So... That's how we roll again. Um, we generally just let each screenshot go until you guys stop guessing, and then we go on to the next one. That seems to be how I do it. Uh, so anyway, we're ready for name that game. I hope you guys are. Are you ready, Matt? Sure. All right. Here is the first screenshot for name that game. No guesses yet. No guesses. (laughs) 
Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1, no. GTA 5, no. Skate 2, no. Skate 3, no. Red Dead Redemption. Not Red Dead Redemption. The Getaway, no. Watchdog 2, no. Dead Island, now they're rolling in. Dead Island 2, no. Skate, no. GTA 4, no. Half-Life 2, no. L.A. Noir, no. L.A. Noir is a good guess. It, it is a good guess. It like the trolley tracks. Yep. Uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, no. Mass Effect 2, no. Just Cause 4, no. Watch Dogs Legion, no. Watch Dogs, no. Lots of guesses, all incorrect. Watch Dogs 2. Not Watch Dogs 2. No. I think we just went through all the Watch Dogs, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, you know now it's not the Watch Dogs franchise. I mean, that could be Market Street. It could be. Driver 3, no. Mafia, no. Metal Gear Solid 5, no. True Crime, no. Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus, no. Sleeping Dogs. Not Sleeping Dogs. Okay, here we go. Second screenshot for Name That Game. And here it is. Hmm. I think Gohan Rage knows it or something. <laughs> he just typed three ampersands. Or maybe they censored his swearing. MGS4, no. Mafia 3. Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. That's pretty good that he got it. From those two screenshots. Mega Drive guy, congratulations for winning Name That Game. Nexus 6 Baddie, I think it was. Yeah, Nexus 6 Baddie. You just said Mafia. And maybe that's a fourth rule that I need to add to Mm -hmm. the pre-game verbiage is that you have to name the exact... I mean, given that it's a screenshot, I think it's... I would hope it's obvious you're supposed to pick the game the screenshot's from. Yeah. Not just the franchise. Yeah. Because otherwise yeah. you could put up a picture of Mario Galaxy and someone could win Mario, Mario yeah. Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Mega Drive guy, congratulations. Here's another round of applause for you. And here's the other screenshots. Here's screenshot three. Mm. This game takes place in Louisiana. Yeah. In New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And so if you've ever been to New Orleans, if you look at that street right there, you know exactly where that is. Here's the fourth screenshot, which basically shows downtown New Orleans, although I did cut the name of the building out on purpose because that would have just completely given it away. And then here is the fifth screenshot, which is that is New Orleans. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So if you didn't read and the cars with everything, you should have got that it was Mafia 3 from that one. So congratulations mega drive guy you can send me a dm right here at twitch.tv slash sifted games um or you can send me a dm on sifted at shane you can send it to me on twitter at dinfire you can send it to sifted on twitter at sifted games however you want to do it get at me and we'll get the free code out to you guys in fact there's i think last week's winner did not ask for a code yet Mm. yeah and i think jm rain hasn't asked for a code he won a couple weeks ago and i haven't seen him ask for one either so anyway if you've won and you haven't received your code just send me a message and i'll get it to you you'll still get it like i still have the codes i'm just waiting for you to get in touch with me and uh, we'll give you the win and now before we get going we have one more thing and this one more thing is really awesome because for the first time ever game face has two sponsors Ooh. it is a pivotal moment i hope in the show and sifted in general that we finally have two sponsors finally for game face it's a goal that we've been trying to reach for years and we've finally done it we have a brand new sponsor and you won't believe who it is it is our awesome sifter sound wizard he just wrapped up all his work on Baldur's gate 3 and he has his own sound company and he is now sponsoring game face and here is his message 
Experience the realm of extraordinary audio with Sound Wizardry. With a decade-long journey in sound design, we animate your movies and video games with the breath of sound. Our wide-ranging services include sound design, Foley, sound mixing and mastering, audio implementation, dialogue mastering, and the crafting of unique sound effects from freshly recorded material. Our portfolio contains Baldur's Gate 3, Steven Universe, Alan Wake 2, Gwent, Cyberpunk 2077, and more. Visit soundwizardry.com and let us transmute your vision into an auditory marvel. And so now at the end of the show, we get to thank two awesome sponsors. We get to thank LS Cream. Go to creamls.com slash sifted. Awesome stuff there. Great website. Drink recipes. Store locator. All that kind of stuff. And for your auditory needs, if you need anything related to game sound, or not just games as you saw in the ad, they work on a bunch of different stuff, go to soundwizardry.com. How good it feels to have two sponsors for Game Face. <laughs> I can't even put it into words. And thanks to both LS Cream and to Sound Wizard for sponsoring the show. And unfortunately, we're out of time, so we can't do Q&A. Oh, and I already saw some really good questions in chat, and I apologize, but we've already reached the end of our time here. But we'll be back next Tuesday at twitch.tv slash games at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. We're here every Tuesday. Um, if you're watching this show on YouTube or you're listening to it on any of the podcast services, please head to patreon.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D. And give us a pledge. Even if you just want to be like, hey, I like these guys. I can't afford much. Here's a dollar a month. Even that makes a difference. For $4 a month, you get all our content early. You get Game Face four days early. You get Pact Your Factor a week early. You get all our other content at least three days early. Um, and our Patreon at $4 a month is pretty much the lowest among the big gaming Patreons at this point. So head on over there and help us out if you can. If you can't do that, just write a review on the podcast service, like the show on YouTube, leave a comment on YouTube, even if it just says great show, that helps the algorithm, it helps Game Face, it helps Sifted, it helps Matt and I, it helps everything. So lots of stuff you can do to help us if you can. Um, next week, what do we got on the docket, Matt? Doesn't seem like there's a ton of big games coming out this week. Well, the thing you didn't talk about today. Well, that's one, but that's not <laughs> a big game either. But <laughs> um, this yeah, month- I mean, that's it until Armored Core. Well, no, no. There's big games the whole second half of the month, but we got to get there. So right. we'll see how it goes. What's the other big game? <laughs> um, let me think. If I can remember all of them, I can't. Maybe but, just the one I'm interested in. This next one is Armored Core. Yeah. That's the other gigantic game other than Madden that comes out this month. Mm, yeah. And I'll probably, that may be a next week's show, actually, now that I think about it. I know you guys are all excited about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, thanks to everybody, all the awesome people in our chat. Thanks to our sponsors. Thanks to Matt for putting us up here to do Game Face. Much love to all you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next Tuesday. Game Face is up and out. Yeah.